Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, the White House is going to battle Texas on the new immigration law Texas passed, which will give the state troopers the ability to arrest illegal immigrants. But this comes as Politico publishes a big piece that Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, are excited for Trump. Yes. Welcome to the show. Glad you are here today. It is Tuesday. Big show straight ahead for you, and later today I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, starting at 6 p.m. tonight. We'll take the first hour here locally on Talk Radio 1210 WPHC, as we always do when I fill in for Mark. Uh, a lot going on today. I'll tell you about a an LGBT++ IA, every letter of the alphabet, activist who is now accused of raping children under the age of 13 years old and why the story is so incredibly confusing. I'll get into that with you. Uh, The best thing I've read all day today by my buddy Kennedy of Fox Business, formerly of Fox Business, Uh, but it's great. And and the piece is entitled, White House Dimebags, A Crack and Gorge First Son, Topless Trans Activists, and Now a Lurid Senate Sexcapade. America is overrun by fetishist weirdos and whack jobs, and we all know who to blame. Yes, we do. Locally... ELEC, which is the Election Law Enforcement Commission in the state of New Jersey, is going to join Republicans in a lawsuit over the Fugazi candidates that ran in South Jersey, Giuseppe Costanzo. And this is good. This is very, very good because the New Jersey Election Law Enforcement Commission will seek to intervene in a lawsuit involving Jersey Freedom, a shadowy independent expenditure group closely tied and run by the South Jersey Democratic bosses. And they were the people behind that Fugazi candidate, Giuseppe Costanzo, which cost the Republicans the election in the fourth legislative district for the state Senate race. So I'll get into that with you as well. And... um, in Pennsylvania, after the uh, LGBT plus plus IA, everybody the alphabet uh, activist was was accused of rape, the ties to District Attorney Larry Krasner have come out. Krasner, of course, is mad as hell because the state of Pennsylvania has taken away some of his powers. I want to remind you, though, it is the Democrat legislature and the Democrat governor that signed the bill taking away some of District Attorney Larry Krasner's powers and he's really not a district attorney he's of course a a public defender posing as district attorney 
He is the ultimate fugazi and a cancer on the city of Philadelphia. So we'll get into that with you as well. Uh, but let's begin with uh, what's going on in the Middle East, shall we? Because the, um, the Houthis are terrorists and they keep uh, attacking the United States of America, uh, our, our ships and also international commerce ships as well. And now we know that this guy, Ahmed Al-Khalut, who is the manager of the Kamal Adan Hospital in northern Gaza, admitted during an interrogation with Israeli security forces that Hamas used the medical facilities to advance its military operations. He said, I know 16 employees in the hospital, doctors, nurses, paramedics, and clerks who also have different positions in the Qasem brigades. He told Israel's Shin Bet in a video clip released on Tuesday afternoon referring to the military of Hamas. They hide in hospitals because for them, a hospital is a safe space. And he also admits that he is a uh, commander in Hamas. They will not be harmed when they are inside a hospital. Hamas has offices inside the hospital. There are places for senior officials. They also brought a kidnapped soldier there. There is a designated place for interrogations, international security, or internal security, excuse me, and special forces. Everyone has a private phone line inside the hospital. He also said that he'd been involved in the Palestinian terror group for over a decade and has risen through its ranks over the years. I was recruited to Hamas in 2010 with the rank of Brigadier General. There are employees in the hospital who are military operatives of the Izad Din Al-Qassam Brigades, doctors, nurses, paramedics, clerks, and staff members. I once begged them to take a wounded man to the Indonesian hospital to Shifa for treatment they refused. Their mission is more important. The leaders of Hamas are cowards. They left us out in the open while they hide in hideouts. They destroyed us. He has been quoted extensively across global media outlets, including Reuters, NBC News, and Al Jazeera in recent weeks as a reliable source opining on the state of Gaza's medical infrastructure. The thing about this, though, of course, is you remember when there was that that bombing of a hospital, which the American media and international media, too, completely and utterly uh, blew. They blew the story big time. They said the hospital was bombed by Israeli forces, 500 people dead. Of course, the truth was that it was a Hamas-affiliated terror group that shot a rocket, which landed in the parking lot, and uh, destroyed a bunch of cars. But it was a great lesson in how the media rushes to judgment, of course. They wanted to tell the story that Israel was the bad guy. And that led to all the whack jobs in Congress, all the Democrat whack jobs, to come out and start screaming about Israeli genocide. You know, it's interesting, the... um, situation that's happening right now with the Houthis down in outside of the Middle East and the Gulf and what is going on with the effects on international shipping commerce. It's a big deal. It really is. But the United States of America is looking foolish because we're not willing to do anything about it. This is the problem. This is the problem with having a feckless president. The Houthi attacks in the Red Sea are threatening the global supply chain. CNBC had this story about this. And here's what they say. Attacks by Iran-backed Houthi militants on ships in the Red Sea have already rocked global trade, and there could be more disruptions and price increases to come for shipments of goods and fuel. Several major shipping lines and oil transporters have suspended their services through the Red Sea as more than a dozen vessels have come under attack since the start of the Israel-Hamas war in early October. Help appears to be on the way. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who is visiting Bahrain, said American forces along with the United Kingdom, Bahrain, Canada, France, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, uh, and Spain would create a new force to protect ships in the region. They said they'll be diverting all scheduled journeys immediately to secure the safety of their seafarers and vessels. Collectively, these ocean carriers represent around 60% of global trade. 
They said it would temporarily stop accepting any Israel-bound cargo, suspending its shipping services to Israel. Orient Overseas Container Line, which is part of a Chinese-owned Costco shipping group, has also stopped accepting Israeli cargo, citing operational issues. About 30% of Israeli imports come through the Red Sea. On container vessels, they are booked two to three months in advance for consumer or other products, meaning that if the voyage will now be extended, products with a shelf life of two to three months will not be worthwhile importing from the Far East. Importers will also need to increase stock due to the uncertainty and pay much more and others will lose out on their markets as time to market is not competitive. On Monday, oil giant BP said it would also pause shipping activity in the Red Sea as the Yemen-based Houthis continue their attacks. Quote, the safety and security of our people and those working on behalf is BP's priority in light of the deteriorating security situation for shipping in the Red Sea. BP has decided to temporarily pause all transits through the Red Sea. We will keep this precautionary pause under ongoing review subject to circumstances as they evolve in the region. Same thing with Chevron and others. The attacks have already pushed ocean freight costs higher. Since the beginning of the Israeli-Hamas war, the Asia-U.S. East Coast prices climbed 5% to $2,497 per 40-foot container. It could get even more expensive as major companies avoid the Suez Canal, which feeds into the Red Sea, and up instead to go around Africa to get to the Indian Ocean. Of course, doing so adds 14 days to a shipping route, incurring higher fuel costs. And since ships take a longer time to get to their destinations, the workaround results in a perceived vessel capacity crunch. You have delays in containers, and commodity delays become inevitable. Container shipping represents nearly a third of all global shipping with the estimated value of goods transported amounting to a trillion dollars. Approximately 19,000 ships navigate through the Suez Canal annually. The extended time spent on the water is anticipated to absorb 20% of the global fleet capacity, leading to potential delays in the availability of shipping resources. There's also going to be delays in returning empty containers to Asia, which will only add to supply chain woes. The situation, if it extends beyond a few days, will have, will credit, uh, will have positive implications for both the container shipping industry and for tanker and dry bulk markets, but it also raises the risk of further disruption to supply chains. Now, who do you think is paying for all that? You, me, we're all going to pay for this. Everyone's going to pay with increased costs of whatever global supply chain issues are happening. You and I will absorb the cost of that. You know that. Obviously, you're a very smart person. So what's going to happen with the Houthis then? John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesperson, was asked today, one of the top Biden spokespeople. The president doesn't comment on any of this. Obviously, he doesn't know what's going on. So Kirby has to come out and act like the president. And he brought up the Houthis and whether or not the United States will designate them again to be a foreign terror group. Take a listen or whatever we have there for the Houthis. Has the U.S.'s assessment of Iran's direct involvement or any direct involvement in any of these attacks changed? Well, I can, all I can tell you is what I've said before. I mean, they are certainly providing the means, the, the tools, the capabilities, the weapons through which the Houthis are conducting these attacks. The Houthis may be pulling the trigger, but as I've said, uh, Iran's given them the guns. Iran has given them the guns. Uh, another cut of Kirby. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Has the U.S.'s assessment. Yeah, sorry, that one screwed up. Okay, no Pass problem. On that one. We'll get that. The question, of course, was, is the U.S.'s assessment of Houthis being terrorists change? And they are terrorists, and obviously they're terrorists. They're trying to disrupt international shipping. They're trying to disrupt, and, and, and they're making the, the United States of America look, look incredibly foolish here. Uh, I don't want war any more than you do. 
But I also understand that we have to secure the seas and we cannot allow this to continue. And the problem, of course, is you have a lot of Democrats right now who are rooting for the bad guys. Let's face it, they're rooting for the bad guys. This is the Democrat Party. So why John Fetterperson, Pennsylvania senator, had to come out yesterday and say he stands with Israel. Because the Democrat Party is so freaking wacky that they're backing all these crazy people. And this is what uh, Rich Lowry pointed out. The world's lone superpower has been unable to protect one of the most important commercial arteries on Earth from a band of third world rebels. Welcome to the latest humiliation of a Biden administration foreign policy premised on not being overly provocative to our enemies. After a sustained campaign of attacks from Houthi fighters in Yemen, shipping companies have announced that they are going to avoid the Red Sea and Bab al-Mandab, a narrow strait connecting the Red Sea to the Gulf of Aden. This is a blow to freedom of navigation, one of the jewels of the U.S.-led order, and a tremendous, tremendous embarrassment to the United States of America. Well, of course it is. But remember something, though. When you have Democrats who, are, who believe that the bad guys are the good guys and they're rooting for them, they don't want Joe Biden doing anything about this. I mean, Iran's helping the Houthis, but the Houthis are helping the Palestinians, and they're all, they're all connected here, so they're the good guys. They're the freedom fighters. They're the liberators. That's the, that's the problem with the Democrat Party right now. And as they, they use language, the president uses language standing with Israel, but then this continues to occur, and then it just looks absolute, absolutely awful. And what we need to do is use deterrence in the Red Sea. That's what we need to do before things get out of line and things get worse and we do wind up facing a potential World War III. We have to deal with that by understanding that these are international waters. Terrorists have no right to be attacking ships in international waters. And if these international waters are not protected by the good guys, then it's going to have a cost for all of us. That's just common sense. I mean, that's common sense. You can, you, can, you can protect shipping lanes, global shipping lanes, from bad guys who are crazy people and not have the United States enter World War III. But what happens, though, is that what's going to happen is that these guys are going to wind up blowing up the wrong ship, causing the kind of international commercial chaos that is going to inevitably result, and then you are going to see World War III breaking out because we've seen that happen historically in the past. We saw this in the lead-up to World War I. We saw this with the United States of America's response as well. So we have to make sure that there's deterrence, deterrence, which breaks down when adversaries determine that the cost of its behaviors are outweighed by the potential rewards. Iran and its proxy forces have paid almost no price for their attacks on the United States and the international order that America maintains. They are undeterred. Iran and its pawns in the Middle East are responsible for nearly 100 attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria since the October 7th massacre in Israel. Tehran's puppets controlling Yemen have launched dozens of drones and rockets at ships passing through the vital Bab al-Mandab Strait. But remember something, though. As John Kirby's up there criticizing Iran, this administration was, was going to give Iran $6 billion, unfreeze $6 billion. Because... Barack Obama is calling the strings. He's pulling the strings here. He's in charge. And Barack Obama has always wanted to see Iran have a seat at the table of the League of Nations. Now, obviously, the League of Nations does not exist. I'm using that as a proverbial uh, point of reference. But, but he wants to have, them have, a, have a seat at the big boys table. He always has. Obama has always had that. I mean, think about it. The reason why Bob Menendez came under federal investigation the first time was because Senator Bob Menendez criticized the Obama administration for giving Iran billions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars on pallets of cash and for helping them with their nuclear enrichment program. And then the second time Bob Menendez got investigated and uh, charged by the feds was the time that he criticized Obama again through his proxy, Joe Biden, for doing the exact same thing with Iran. 
So we're talking out of both sides of our mouth again. I think what's happening is you're seeing that the military understands the threat of Iran backing all these militant groups and what that could mean to the international order. But the White House, which you have a lot of woke, lefty, communist Democrats running around, they don't want it. They don't want the president to do anything about it because a lot of them believe that these are the good guys, that these are the freedom fighters, that they're backing the freedom fighters over the oppressors who are Israel. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. Welcome to the Democrat White House. It's a bunch of freaks. I mean, it really is. It's a bunch of freaks. Here's uh, another clip of John Kirby. Take a listen. Uh, has the administration thought about redesignating the Houthis as a terrorist organization? Yeah, we're actually conducting a review right now uh, on whether that's the, the right course forward. We've talked about that. No decisions made right now. No decisions made right now. We're not going to say a word about it. It's, 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 it's okay. Publicly, we're not going to say a word about it. But you would think, right, this would be a moment where the president, who's running for re-election, would, would come out and stand up there and he would say, uh, my message is very, very clear. If this continues, there are going to be severe military consequences. We are amassing an international coalition to go down there and protect these shipping lanes. These are international waters. And if you have attacks on these ships, you will be, you will, we, will, we will fire back. We're going to fire back. We're not going to put up with this. But instead, we don't say that. We dance around the issue because we're, we're worried about upsetting people in Biden's own party. That also tells you something about the lackluster support that Joe Biden has. Because they are more worried at this point about losing the base. They don't have their base solidified, so they can't even pivot to a general election message. Because in a general election message, this is a no-brainer. So when I did that podcast yesterday with my friend Dana Perino, which is now uh, posted, and I, I tweeted, uh, tweeted the link to it. Please take a listen to it. We talked about, for example, when they had all those anti-Semitic protests outside of Goldie's restaurant in Philly. And Goldie, the guy, the chef, you know, he's a Democrat. And Josh Shapiro, the governor, was very quick to come down and say this was anti-Semitic, condemn it. Biden, who's been to Philly a bunch of times, didn't say a word about it. He completely ignored it. And the reason for that, of course, is because Biden has to worry about the base coming out to vote for him. And there's such a lackluster sense of enthusiasm going on that he's afraid of making them upset. That's what's happening. And right now in the in the Capitol building, we have right now another insurrection going on as we speak. You have a pro-Hamas, anti-Israel bunch of insurrectionists who are storming inside the Capitol building. uh, And that is going on right now. We also had the pro-Hamas protesters shut down Penn Station yesterday, Madison Square Garden, and of course, we know what they did in Philadelphia just last week when they shut down 676. So these are the Democrats. I mean, this is the party of left. This is the left. This is the, this is the left right now. And America, as a consequence of this, is, uh, is, is looking foolish on the world stage because we cannot keep our own, our own international commerce shipping lanes. Not ours. They don't belong to us. They're international, but that's the point. They are going to come to the United States. This is going to affect global commerce one way or the other, and something has to be done. You have to deter this from happening. It must occur. You have to deter this from happening because otherwise the ramifications are going to be huge. The ramifications for oil prices and for the economy are going to be huge as well. Absolutely. And I would say this would be no different if there were Somali pirates going after ships or if there were uh, Barbary pirates going after ships. I mean, you, you have to secure the international shipping lanes. Thomas Jefferson made that point very, very clear. It's not that the United States wants to be confrontational necessarily, but if we can't protect international shipping, then there are going to be consequences for America and America's national security. So we have to do something about the Barbary pirates, and we have to do something about the Houthi pirates, period. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. But this is the broader point. 
It's a point that my friend Kennedy makes very, very well when she says these people are a bunch of freaks. And I would add what happened to that activist in Philadelphia today or yesterday charged with underage rape. There are a bunch of freaks and we know how they got front and center stage. We know which party they're part of. They're part of the Democrat Party. And this is entirely the problem. All right. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to get into that with you straight ahead on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's Tuesday. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let in. Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. It is Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I really love this piece from uh, Kennedy. Lisa, who, of course, uh, known as Kennedy, the former MTV VJ, who also was the host of Kennedy Nation on Fox Business and uh, now does a great podcast. So she wrote, White House Dimebags, a crack and gorge first son. Topless trans activists, and now a Lord Senate sex campaign. America is overrun by fetishist weirdos and whack jobs, and we all know who's to blame. She said a thirsty congressional aide has plunged the nation into an X-rated tape-based X-rated tape-based crisis not seen since Kim Kardashian, or, or after his Lord sex campaign swept the internet on Friday. Oh mercy, how this young buck fell into disgrace when he was swiftly relieved from his duties as a staffer to Democrat Senator Ben Cardin for filming an amateur gay porno in a Senate hearing room. How did we get here? We were promised Trump's vile America would be replaced with decency, normalcy, and a family-friendly neck sniffer who would return us to a kind tranquility. Instead, we've been bombarded with White House dime bags, endless nude portraits of hunters, 50 shades of crack engorgement, rose garden, topless trans activists, and an open invite for anyone with a kink to exercise it on government property. She said, back in my day, weirdos and whack jobs had to wait in line at seedy sex shops to see what sailors dream of on, <laughs> on uh, shore leave. 
Now you can do a line of nose candy from a West Wing locker, then head to the Hart Senate building for an on-camera quickie before calling for the genocide of Jews. You know, all in the name of free expression. The sick thing about this accelerated madness is the pathological inability of libertine pervs to take one single ounce of responsibility for their indiscretions. Here was the statement this weekend from Cardin's ready right-hand man. Quote, This has been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue over a political agenda. Who you love. You didn't make people barf their breakfast juleps because of who you love. They're icked because of this sordid Senate affair exposed you as an undisciplined, entitled, horrendously stupid, and widely disrespectful maniac. She said, look, I know shame died a long, long time ago, but can't we stop feigning victimhood every single time that there is this notion of this becomes a, some sort of imaginary political witch hunt? Angry Republicans did not tie you to that hearing room chair to help Trump win Michigan. This year has been an absolute dandy for fetishist freaks everywhere. Remember the uh, Canadian teacher with the big double, triple Z gazungas, the fake gazungas who would wear them in class and then take them off when he would get home? Because, of course, they would hurt his back. That's the transgender Canadian teacher, Kyla Lemieux. But from dirty dragon schools to public defecation and indecency, when will we say enough is enough, she asks. She says, I'm not suggesting we revert to a nation of pearl-clutching prudes, but my wish for the new year is for a rediscovery of the appropriate compartmentalization and public-private delineation of adult life. Instead of everyone just shooting everything out of a pornified confetti cannon and not caring where the debris falls. Here's a thought in 2024. I don't need to see the first son's nude Heidi. Nor do I need to be told I'm a horrible person for suggesting the same seedy fellow shouldn't be gorging at the platter of corrupt foreign energy boards or cashing in on commie connections. But this is where we get to the butt of it all. If it's okay for the president's son to spend $870,000 on hookers and sex clubs while dodging his tax bill... Why shouldn't every Tom, Dick, and Harry launch up an OnlyFans side hustle with Lord Vids filmed in the same Senate room and that former FBI director James Comey gave his infamous Russian interference testimony? Hunter escapes accountability because of his addiction. Fabulous George Santos says he's not white, and now the Senate ex-sex pest says his sexuality precludes him from criticism. The well-worn mantle of victimhood is a symbol of a national malady, a coast-to-coast decline in civil society, moral standards ripped asunder. One day we'll wake up and wade through the jetsam, bring in the backlights and bleach, and these creepers will have to be held accountable. Or at least I hope so. Because who wants to live in a world where we must carry Clorox wipes to disinfect every office chair or cubicle? We already survived a pandemic. Perhaps the irrepressible freaks who insist on wrecking it for the rest of us may need to go on permanent lockdown. It's an excellent point, but I want you to think about it from this perspective that she writes about, and that is that when you have a culture of victimhood, where what happens to you, what actions you do, your actions are because of something else, or the reaction to your actions are because of something else. So take the Senate staffer, right? He films this gay porno in this, in this historic Senate, Senate room, and then comes out in his defense is, I'm being attacked by those with a political agenda because of who I love because of who I love, as if to say he's the victim. Hunter Biden gave that speech, standing outside the White House, or standing outside the Senate, 
going on about how he's being attacked because of who he is and because of his battles with addiction and because of the fact that Republicans just want to hurt him for overcoming drugs and alcohol, as if that would ever happen. And it's the same thing with all of these transgender activists, including the newest one in Philadelphia who's been charged with raping a child under 13 years old. We have given the freak show a center seat right up front. That same transgender activist who I will talk about was there prominently with Josh Shapiro when he was campaigning for governor of Pennsylvania, was there side by side with Larry Krasner when he was campaigning for district attorney, has been with all the several of the mayoral candidates because we welcome the freaks and the weirdos. You know, if you have a problem with Leah Thomas walking around, Will Thomas, and uh, swinging his junk around in the locker room, the problem is you. You're the problem. If you have a problem with a bio dude beating a little girl in swimming, you're the problem. If, if, if sorority girls have an issue with a dude taking a shower in their sorority house and sporting wood and walking around the sorority house naked, then they need to get re-education. It's their problem for not being more tolerant, you see. And if you have a problem with a Senate staffer filming a gay sex tape, it's because you just don't embrace the concept that love is love. (laughs) I mean, it really is amazing. But we have a culture of victimhood. And the culture of victimhood is in our politics in a big, big way. New York State right now is announcing a reparations committee. A reparations committee to deal with the horrors of slavery encountered by no one who's living right now or any of their or any of their of their relatives. There's not a single person alive right now who is a direct uh, slave or former slave or even uh, new one. No, no one, no one. But and New York State was a free state. Obviously, it was part of the Union. It was part of the North. But regardless of that fact, New York State, like California, is doing this because they want to advance the narrative that America is still an awful place, that systemic white supremacy exists and that that is the use to push people down. And the only way to overcome that is to give people free cash to make them more dependent on government and to expand the social welfare state. Because otherwise, how else are you going to overcome white supremacy? Huh? How are you going to do it? Well, you obviously can't unless you just give people money that other people work to earn. Duh. You have to spread it around, spread the wealth around. Come on. Because ultimately, the entire attitude of victimhood comes down to destroying capitalism. You destroy America by destroying capitalism, and then you tear up the Constitution, you start over, you have a Marxist utopia where nobody's a victim because everybody gets the same. Everybody gets to share. Everybody gets what's equal. What's theirs? Equity, you see. Equity. As long as there's no equity, there can be victims. Somebody's richer than you, then you're the victim. Somebody's more successful than you, you're the victim. Except if somebody has an Ivy League degree, in which case then they're still the victim. Uh, we just haven't figured out exactly how, obviously. And look at what's, what you see happening with the protests going on in college campuses. Because colleges have decided that they were going to create these pillars of DEI in their campuses. Die. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. They've created these, these campuses to be the pillars of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what happened? They limited speech. They told everybody that there were oppressors and oppressees. And you're either one or the other. There's only one choice. And they convinced all these college kids that Israel was the oppressor and that the Hamas and the Palestinians and all the other people there, they were the oppressed. So obviously now you have all these protests going on. But it's a mindset, right? It's a mindset being that there is a victimhood that is pervasive in America, and the only way to deal with it is to give away money and also to tear down America. That's it. That's the only way to do it. 
Now, the good news, though, is that despite all the fetishists and weirdos and freaks who are in the Democrat Party on open display, bringing crack cocaine into the White House and leaving cocaine for the dogs to sniff, leading to cocaine White House dogs, the hit blockbuster coming out this summer about Major and Commander sniffing Hunter Biden's cocaine. Uh, The good news, though, is that people are pushing back and saying, oh, hell no. Hell no. In fact, down in Texas, you have a story down there from Politico, which I thought was absolutely amazing, how Mexicans, as in Mexican-Americans, are looking forward to Trump. Political magazine. There are a lot of Mexican people looking forward to Trump. A visit to the border city of El Paso shows how the politics of immigration are shifting and what's really underneath it. You know why? People are tired of people not taking responsibility. People are tired of a victimhood. People are tired of watching America be slowly destroyed and taken over. And they, they want to push back on it. They've said enough is enough. And the point of why you have Democrats now have to come out and say that they are not part of the Democrat Party on their stance on Israel, on when it comes to the border, like John Fetterperson had to do, is because the freaks and the weirdos and the fetishists and the lunatics have taken over the party. So now you have people who have to come out and distance themselves from that party, but that is the party. You know, the transgender activist in Philadelphia who's now been charged with raping an underage child, that person was center stage with Governor Josh Shapiro. They, they embrace the freaks and the weirdos because they think it'll help them. It's the same reason why, why Obama Biden is not condemning Iran or the Houthis or anybody else because there are so many people in the Democrat Party that want to see them win. So they're afraid of upsetting the base. The base is full of nuts and wackos, but you haven't locked up the base's support, so a lot of the base may just stay home. So the Democrats are trying to do this little dance. You see it happen with your own eyes. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Listen, Christmas is right around the corner. Have you ordered for everybody on your list yet? No? What are you waiting for? Omaha Steaks has got you covered. Come on. This is what you want to do. Your boss, clients, friends, family members, everybody loves great food. And for five generations, Omaha Steaks has been making American food right from the heartland. From easy to prepare comfort meals to the absolute best steak of your life, guaranteed age 28 days. 28 days of aging is how the steak becomes magnificent. It's truly how the steak becomes something that you just absolutely love every bite. Guaranteed. And when you go to omahasteaks.com and you put in my name, Zioli, you will get an extra $30 off your order. That's right. And they're having their 50% off site-wide sale right now. So think about it. All you do is go to Omaha Steaks, select from their carefully curated, pre-prepared packages, excuse me, or create one on your own. You can send holiday dinners to the people you love. You can send them steak lovers combos. You can send them surf and turf combos. There's so many options to choose from at omahasteaks.com. And as America watches more and more farms turn into Chinese property and big food conglomerates get bought up by China, Omaha Steaks is five generations of an American family business right in the heartland, America's oldest butcher. So omahasteaks.com. When you check out, put in my name, Zioli, get that extra $30 off your order. Do it now. Christmas is only days away. Omahasteaks.com, promo code Zioli. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, as we uh, roll along on a Tuesday afternoon, that's a very pretty uh, rendition of that. Who's that by, Henry? Uh, This is Oh Holy Night by Donna Summer. Donna Summer, very nice. I believe it was one of the uh, Zioli Army submissions yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. 
How to get them all in. Get them all in. And from now until Thursday at, what, 5.30? 7? 7 p.m.? I'll I'll still take requests. 6.30. It's it's just you won't be here that Friday. Right. Yeah, Thursday's show is from, I believe, possibly 5 to 6.30, if I'm not mistaken. That's like best case scenario. Best case scenario. It could be as, uh, as short as 30 minutes. Well, I'll be doing Dana Lash's show that day from 12 to 3, so then I'll just I'll sit around for two and a half hours and just wait. <laughs> and then, you know, we might as well start drinking. I mean, it's uh, a Christmas celebration. <laughs> might as well, right? What else are we going to do? Watch basketball? Please. I mean, I'm so lucky to have them on the station. And... Listen to basketball, not watch. Right, right, right. Listen, yes, yes. The, the, uh, the dulcet tones of college basketball... <laughs> On our 50,000-watt radio station. (laughs) But I digress. I think it's riveting, and I think everyone should tune in. Of course. Yes, absolutely riveting. Class A radio. I mean, I could go on. I could do something on social media. I could do, like, a live broadcast or something like that. I'm probably not going to, but I could. I'm just saying I could. Well, thanks for that tease. Yeah. I theoretically could. Yeah. Not going to, but I could. Just saying, you know, if I wanted to, I could. Uh, what else do we got? We got a lot today. We're kind of loaded up here. We got Congressman Guy Reschenthaler popping over at four o'clock. We'll find out the latest on what's going on at the border. I did find it fascinating that the White House is already condemning Texas's law and saying it's inhumane. But Politico with the mic drop piece of the day about how Mexicans are looking forward to Trump, Mexican people. And they write here, uh, soon the sun would set over West Texas and the Reverend Rafael Garcia would slip into his white robe and walk to the front of his cavernous church to say mass. It was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception and he was going to talk about Mary. But before that, Garcia's mind was on more terrestrial concerns. On a couch in a room off the sanctuary, he told me that he worried about what the freeze in the weather forecast would mean for the asylum seekers gathered on the sidewalks around his church. He worried about the violence and political instability in their home countries that prompted many of them to flee in the first place. And he worried on this side of the border about polls suggesting a warming to Donald Trump, who has redefined immigration politics here. Now, if you just stop reading right there, you would think, okay, it's going to be another piece that's going to show how everybody is saying that they want to just welcome everybody in and blah, blah, blah. Nope, because then they get into the city's Democrat mayor, Oscar Lesser, or Leeser, who said in a news conference that the city had reached a breaking point. And then as the numbers kept going up, they started to talk to people, actual human beings of Mexican descent who went and who, who actually lived there. And they started asking them questions. And as they started asking questions, they found out, shockingly, that there's growing appeal of a pro-Trump hardline immigration mentality, even evident here in El Paso, in a city where more than 80% of the population is Hispanic or Latino. And in a country where Biden pummeled Trump by more than 35 percentage points, a county, excuse me, where Biden pummeled Trump by more than 35 percentage points three years ago. He writes, leaving the church, I walked up a street and into El Paso's downtown where the city's Winterfest was in full swing. White lights were strung from trees. Young parents pushed strollers and families lined up at food trucks for hot chocolate, choros and elotos. Get the key and lock the gates, said Rick Delgado, a Navy veteran who told me he leans Democrat. 
and who keeps a U.S. Customs and Border Protection number in his phone. He said he thinks Biden is doing whatever he can, but it was the state, not the Biden administration, that had strung razor wire on the Texas side of the Rio Grande and passed legislation that would authorize police to arrest migrants. He said compared to Biden, Texas's hardline Republican governor, as political calls him, Greg Abbott, is doing a better job. Nearby, eating popcorn with his hot sauce, Ray Rosales, an executive chef who was born just across the border in Juarez, Mexico, told me, Trump, he started rough. But now that you see it, when Biden came in, he messed everything up. He said, quote, there are a lot of Mexican people looking forward to Trump. What? I mean, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Come on. On a small stage, a performer began to sing Feliz Navidad, and a boy tugged his mother toward a stall with light-up spin toys for sale. Jamie Takuba and his wife, Daniela Simental, were walked in by uh, wearing matching Mickey Mouse Christmas sweaters. And he said, quote, everything's gone to S. It's getting really bad with a lot of the people coming in, he said. He was born in a Mexican state of Chihuahua and immigrated with his family when they were 12. She didn't vote for Trump in 2016, she said, but lately she's thinking differently about him. Now, I want Trump back, she said. What? I don't understand. Why would these people who are of Mexican descent who are now Americans want Trump back? That's crazy. In Washington, the politics of immigration were flaring. In addition to Trump's rhetoric, lawmakers were negotiating over proposals to tie stricter immigration measures to funding for Ukraine, fighting some immigration advocates and uh, progressive Democrats, causing them to be very, very upset. Garcia, whose family fled Cuba when he was nine, told me he doesn't consider himself a member of either political party. He spent years ministering to immigrants and represents something of the old school liberal approach to the topic, that immigrants deserve compassion, particularly if they are fleeing political or economic hardship. He said during the Trump era, mass, uh, at mass, he heard confessions at immigrant detention centers. But he told me that when people see the reality and they meet people that are immigrants, the heart changes and the mind changes. But he also understands what crowds of migrants can look at on TV. Or that people who come here, they drive around and they say, why are all these people here? This is not controllable. This is not good. And so what's happening right now is that as people who actually live in these areas, these border towns and these border cities, uh, think about it. They realize right now that Joe Biden has allowed the border to be wide open and it is disastrous and it is hurting their communities. And now they all turn around and say, we need Donald Trump back. See, the Democrats have gone so extreme on this. They're actually pushing Democrat voters back into the arms of Donald Trump. Think about that. They're so freaking nuts and so extreme in all their policies and their, and, and their open border that they are pushing people back into the open arms of Donald Trump. Mexican-Americans. I mean, I'm not surprised by it. If you live there, if you watch what you see on TV all the time, they had the, again, a record number of people crossing into El Paso yesterday or today, probably as we speak. You see the trains being shut down. You see what's happening at the border. And what happens? The governor of Texas comes out and says, we're going to do something about it. How does the White House respond? Well, here's Corrine Jean-Pierre today criticizing Texas and already promising that the administration is going to fight Texas on this. Take a listen. Uh, question on the new uh, uh, immigration law in Texas. Uh, does the White House have any thoughts on that law? And uh, there appears to be some litigation that's starting over the law as well. Uh, 
So, um, look, this is an extreme law that will not and does not uh, make the communities in Texas safer. It just doesn't. And I think to add to that is that uh, it is very much in line with what Republicans, uh, many Republicans, uh, like to do or tend to do, which is demonize uh, immigrants and also uh, dehumanize immigrants. This is part of this. And so uh, this is not who we are as a country. This is not who we should be as a country. Uh, Communities should not, should not be uh, individually uh, targeted and put into into harm's way. And this is what we're seeing. Uh, Again, you know, this is something that Governor Abbott has done over and over again. There are pl- plenty of examples that I've listed out from here before, whether it's le- whether it's leaving migrants in the side of the road in the middle of winter, uh, installed razor razor uh, razor wire near the border, making it more dangerous for Border Patrol to do th- their jobs, and place bayous in the in the river, making it harder for Border Patrol to do their jobs as well. So this is certainly. Um, uh, extreme as we see it, and it is incredibly unfortunate, but this is what we see from particular Republicans trying to dehumanize a group of people who are coming here, or some of them trying to uh, migrate here, uh, and and they're putting them in harm's way. Do you hear how out of touch this is? They're putting them in harm's way. How are they putting them in harm's way? They break the law, they're going to get arrested. If they break the law of Texas and they come into Texas illegally, they're going to be arrested. Now, the, the thing is that when you read the political article, you find out that the people who live there support it. They all support it. And they think something has to be done. And they realize that the federal government is not doing it. All right, big four o'clock hour straight ahead. Congressman Guy Rechenthaler is going to stop by. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. The border crisis continues as the Texas governor signs a law allowing migrants, quote-unquote migrants, to be arrested. The White House, of course, attacks it. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Joining me now is Congressman Guy Reschenthaler. He is the chief deputy whip, proudly representing the people of Pennsylvania's 14th district in the United States House of Representatives. And it's great to have him here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Hello, Guy. How are you? Rich, great to be on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, I just want to say ahead of time, Merry Christmas. Before we get into the political talk, Merry Christmas, my friend. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well, buddy. I appreciate that and all your hard work in Congress uh, fighting for us. Where do you want to start? I mean, it's such a freaking mess right now. Do you want to begin with the border? Shall we start there? Let's do the border. I mean, there's so much going on, but but Rich, you know, the border is front and center. Just yesterday, we had a record set of illegal border crossings, over 12,000 at the southern border. And, and this, is, this is problematic on so many levels. I mean, for one, you just have the massive amount of illegal immigration, but you also have illegal immigrants that are being caught that are on the terrorist watch list, that are coming from places like China, military-age males. You have people coming from Africa, from areas in Africa that are controlled by terrorist organizations like Boko Haram. You have people from the Middle East that are, that are coming across. So there's a huge issue there. And, and already, just just in the Biden administration, you had roughly 300 
people on the terrorist watch list that have been apprehended at the southern border, which begs the question, how many on the terrorist watch list were not apprehended? Because the vast majority goes go through un, without being apprehended. It only took 19 terrorists to pull off 9-11. Uh, I, I can guarantee you there's more than 19 terrorists that are in the interior of our country. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly a, a, a very scary situation when you think about the people coming here. No question about it. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know about the people that are the gotaways. And that's the other problem, too. The, all the numbers you just mentioned, Guy, those are the numbers that we know about. We don't know about the people we don't know about, obviously. So those numbers are obviously going to be even higher. Exactly, exactly. And while we're talking about numbers, you know, every day in the United States, roughly 300 people die of fentanyl overdoses. This would be like every single day a commercial airliner going down. And it's going down because we have a poor southern border that allows fentanyl to, to, to pour across. People are literally dying here in the interior and we're doing nothing about it. This is a disgrace. This is a mark of shame on the administration. What can we do about it? I mean, what what is going to happen here? You know, it seems as if this administration is just hell bent on keeping the border wide open. I know there's negotiations going on in Capitol Hill right now, uh, which is which is involving tying some sort of border measure, immigration measure with aid to Ukraine and aid to Israel. So where does all that stand right now? Well, unfortunately, the Democrats and the Biden administration don't want to do anything to secure the border. So we've got to take one of their priorities and hold it as leverage so we can get border wins. Uh, they care. They seem to care about one thing above everything else, and that's Ukraine. So why don't we say that we'll fund Ukraine if we get concessions at the southern border? Now, do I think we're going to get 100% of HR2? That's the bill that the House passed. Uh, it, it was the first border security bill we passed since the early 90s. Do I think we get everything? Probably not because we're negotiating, negotiating with the Senate, but maybe we can get remain in Mexico to be reinstated. Maybe we can end the catch and release program that's going on now. Uh, maybe, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can get portions of the border wall actually constructed. Uh, and then we can fence money. So you appropriate funds, but then you fence the money. So it's released when you hit certain matrix. So you can say it'll be released if, uh, in a given month, you have illegal border crossings below a certain number. I mean, there's various ways you can finagle the numbers, but we could do something to have accountability for the administration if they're actually to get the, the money that we're appropriating. Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, uh, let's switch to the economy for a moment, if we could. You tweeted out earlier today at your, your ex account, at G Reschenthaler, one in three Americans are foregoing gifts this year due to inflation. One in four Americans still have holiday debt from the previous year. One in five Americans will apply for a new credit card to help with holiday shoppings. shopping. That's Bidenomics. I was going to say, couldn't have said it better myself. But then again, that was you my didn't tweet. You did say it. Well done. So that, yeah. Um, look, this is this is Bidenomics. You know, Cream uh, John Pierre and the rest. They want to tell us how great Bidenomics Bidenomics are working. Uh, it's not for for every average everyday Americans, average Americans. They are hurting right now. And as those numbers and stats show, you know, you've got. 30% of Americans foregoing Christmas gift exchanges this year. You have people that are going, taking out new credit cards, going into debt to afford the Christmases that they, they have with small, with small and young families. Um, this is a problem. And I believe that the rolling elite, uh, you, you know, your, your 
EV driver that lives in an affluent suburb, they don't, they have such a disconnect with where most Americans are. Uh, this economy is lagging. Bidenomics is not working for hardworking Americans. Congressman, I agree with you 100%. Obviously, we're seeing that right now. No, no question about it. The inflation is still killing people. I read somewhere that Pennsylvania has the highest grocery store prices of any state in our region, about 6% higher than, than, than anywhere else. There's also a story today that I read about Biden's anti-fossil fuel regulatory agenda could be sapping $100 billion from the U.S. economy a year. I guess the question that I was asked yesterday, which is, how important is Pennsylvania to 2024? And how, what, what do you see being the big issues as we ramp up for another election year? Well, the, the issue, so Pennsylvania is going to be critical. And right now, Trump is ahead in Pennsylvania, just like he's ahead in Michigan, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, in Georgia. I think Trump's going to win in 24. But uh, there's going to be so many issues. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to really be about economics. People know that they were better off when President Trump was president than when then Biden came in and had Bidenomics. Inflation numbers show that. Uh, real wages are down, for example, and people's paychecks have not kept pace with with this r- rapid uh, increasing inflation number. So that's going to be the forefront. Also, we have a huge crime problem. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, very dangerous cities. Uh, you, so you're going to see crime be a, be a central issue in the race in Pennsylvania. What about what about the uh, the anti-Semitic protests we've seen that are going on? You, you got there's a lot of nuts in Congress. Obviously, they're in the other party. A lot of nutbags. We see there were pro Hamas protesters who shut down 676 in Philadelphia last week. You saw what was going on in New York City yesterday. Uh, what's happening at the Capitol building right now? I understand there's a bunch of of pro-Palestinian whack jobs who are who are uh, taking over the Capitol building as we speak. So what? How much of, of that is going to affect things? I mean, obviously you you were outspoken about. Liz McGill, the former president of Penn. You had a lot to say about that, right? I did. So I led a letter with members of the Republican delegation calling for McGill to be fired. Now, she stepped down, um, but it just shows you the extent you have to go to uh, to hold these woke universities to, to account. And the, the thing that strikes me about the universities is the, the double standard. I mean, Penn ranks, there's an institution called FIRE, which ranks free speech on college campuses. UPenn ranks bottom to the, they're they're second from the bottom. The bottom is actually Harvard. So these universities will kick you out if you use a wrong pronoun. Uh, They're the ones that say speech is violence. But it's amazing the tolerance they have, the the discovery of the First Amendment when it comes to calling for the genocide of Jews. It's anti-Semitic. It's wrong. It should be called out. We should hold those people accountable. Um, but the, the, in terms of the electoral, uh, I, I don't know polling numbers where we are now. This will, this will affect the presidential election. What it's doing, though, is it's ripping off this veneer uh, of the Democrats and it's showing them for what they are. They're neo-Marxists uh, that have uh, uh, tinges of anti-Semitism running through their party. These are extremists. And if you look at polling with young people, for example, if you're under 25 years old, you're overwhelmingly in support of Hamas over Israel. If you're over 65, you're overwhelmingly in support of Israel over Hamas. So there's something, there's a disconnect between the generations. What is it? It's that colleges have radicalized this generation. They view everything through a Marxist lens of oppressed versus oppressor. So when they look at Hamas and Israel, they view Israel as the oppressors and Hamas as the oppressed. So they'll make excuses 
for the horrible atrocities that Hamas is having on Israel. And it's completely, uh, com- completely ignorant of the thousands of years history of Jews being um, subjugated and oppressed. Uh, but they view everything that way. That's why they're anti-Western, because they view the West itself in America as an oppressor, and they view the rest of the world as oppressed. Uh, th- this is a very dangerous ideology. I'm very fearful of where it's heading, uh, but we'll see what happens in the ballot box. And if if voters realize that the Democrats are as extreme as the McGills of the world or the, the, the um, uh, President Gay, for example, at Harvard, I mean, this, these are the thought leaders in their party, and they're rabidly anti-Semitic. Yeah, I think I think you made a great point about that. They view the world through the lens of oppressor and oppressed, and they've been brainwashed into believing that Israel is the oppressor, uh, and it's not. Of course, it's absolutely not. But that's what they that's what they believe. So that you, you, this is why you have young kids, woke kids, you know, young adults out there saying that Hamas are freedom fighters. And it's also why it seems as if this administration is very reluctant to do anything to stop the attacks by the Houthis, which are occurring on American forces and also affecting international shipping. I mean, this is going to have real consequences for the American economy and the global economy, too, if we can't keep those international shipping lanes open. But the only thing I can come up with is that Biden is just so afraid of upsetting his base, uh, which is why the United States right now looks looks feckless, right? in this situation well you know, if we had a real president projecting american power abroad we would just have uh airstrikes or we'd be striking from our warships and we take out these these ragtag bases of, of hootie pirates and hootie terrorists it's amazing and remember the biden administration delisted the hooties from the terrorist um the terrorist organization list which makes it even harder to deal with but um you didn't see them doing this under president trump they're doing this because they know that they can push Biden around and America is weak when we have this doddering fool leading our country. You also have an entire administration that is hell bent on getting some kind of peace deal with Iran, some kind of like a, a nuclear deal 2.0 with Iran. So they don't want to infuriate, infuriate Iran. Meanwhile, Iran take the, took the $6 billion that we lifted from them, and they turned around, they funded Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthi rebels, other terrorist organizations around the region, which did what? Attacked our good friends in Israel. Um, they're, they're leading to civil war in Yemen. They're attacking international trade and shipping. Uh, and they're really destabilizing the region. But the Biden administration is too fearful of calling them out. And again, it's partially that they, they are beholden to their far left radical base, but it's also because they have this naive sense of uh, foreign affairs where they think they can cut a deal with, with the Iranians, which the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps should be listed as a terrorist organization. They are state, the largest state sponsored terror in the world. We'd be much better focusing on strengthening our ties with Israel and our Arab allies in the region rather than trying to capitulate to Iran. Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Keep up the good work. Follow him on Twitter at G Reschenthaler. Uh, Merry Christmas, and we will talk again soon. You too, Rich. Take care. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, we got a lot more to cover for you as the show continues today. I'm going to get into the uh, transgender activist who's now been charged with underage rape in Philadelphia. We'll get into that with you. Uh, Also, too, the actual cost of Biden's war on fossil fuels, what it means for you every single day. And really, I mean, you heard guys say it, but uh, the administration is actually running around and suggesting that Christmas is cheaper this year. Do you feel that way? Do Do you agree with that? Do you think that it's cheaper? And Nikki Haley 
is really Nikki Haley surging or is this all a fugazi designed to make people believe that she's surging because the Republican establishment is grasping at straws right now? I'll give you some numbers on that as we continue along here today. 855-839-1210. If you'd like to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli and a great piece of the Daily Wire, why gender doctors are modern lobotomists. Yes, lobotomy. Remember lobotomy from uh, from the good old days of American psychiatry, right? Or one floor over the cuckoo's nest, whichever you want to relate to. Yes, they are the modern lobotomists. It's an excellent comparison. I'll share that with you as well. But listen, guys, uh, you got to make her happy this Christmas. Come on, your wife, your girlfriend, love of your life. You got to make sure that you make her happy. And here's what you got to do. You have to get her the beautiful, soft, silky feel of naturally nude pajamas. They are so soft and so luxurious, and she is going to look beautiful in them. And you are going to be very, very happy with how beautiful she looks. And here's the best part. If you order the naturally nude pajamas, right now pajamagram.com they're going to include a free matching naturally nude nighty that's a 75 dollars value yours free they'll wrap it for you ship it right away and you'll get it in time for christmas but you better do it now it always sells out for christmas and let's face it christmas is only in a few days so do it now pajamagram.com it's better than lingerie it looks beautiful and she's so comfortable and she'll be nice and warm and cozy but you will love the look Absolutely seductive and very, very beautiful. The free matching Naturally New Nighty is a win. A $75 value, yours free. But do it now. Pajamagram.com. Pajamagram.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. What is this? Mary, did you know Mary, by you Kenny know Rogers and Winona? That your baby wow. Boy, one day was this is the first time you're ever hearing this? Mary, did you uh, I've heard different renditions of the song. That's pretty. Keep going. It's nice. Did you know Who requested this one? Oh, man, I forget. <laughs> I, I'm just writing them down here as I see them. <laughs> you are very accommodating today, Henry. You know that? I try. I try to be a man of the people. You are a populist. <laughs> There's no question about it. It's a beautiful rendition. We'll give sight to... You know, Willie Nelson's having his 90th birthday party soon. I saw Willie Nelson, a pot has kept him alive for a long, long time. I saw him in concert last summer. <laughs> you did? I got invited to that, but my buddy Don invited me. But I couldn't make it, but how was it? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Willie's the man. Still going. Still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he puts on a good show. <clears throat> Live life like Willie Nelson, that's what I always say. Except <laughs> I don't do pot, but otherwise. Does he have any Christmas music? I'm sure he does. Willie? Of course. Does he? Oh, I guarantee Willie Nelson has Christmas music. I'm guarantee it. This. So look, look it up. Just uh, do a quick look. I'm not quick going search. to request it, though, because I know if I do, my request will not be granted. Henry will ignore me, you'll yell at me, and we'll never get to hear Willie Nelson Christmas. So, for the record, I don't even want to hear it. Well, that's true. That's a good point. 
I requested but, one song and today and it got rejected. What what song did you come up with today? I wanted to hear uh, Burl Ives' uh, Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. It's uh, a good one, but I thought we were trying to avoid the mainstream ones. That's why I'm taking these requests. <laughs> Sure, nothing I want. As if, as if there wasn't like a sister station down the hall playing those on repeat. <laughs> People like the classics. I understand, and maybe we'll get to that if I run out of requests here. But to Henry's point, there is our sister station B101 has probably played at this point in time right now. Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" 750 times by now. I've given up hope on that one. I didn't even ask for that one no. today. I've just no. let that dream no. die. Yeah, let it die. Because they start doing the Christmas music now, what, like July 3rd? <laughs> yeah, that's probably, probably I mean, true. Every year it gets earlier and earlier. It used to be Thanksgiving. It used to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now it's, uh, I think it's it's Labor Day. <laughs> oh, Johnny Z asked for Mary, did you know? Well, thank you. Thank you, Johnny Z. And thanks for coming out to the Grand Hotel on Friday. We had a great time. It was good to see you there. You and your wife and your son. It was very nice to see you guys. Uh, Mary, did you know? That's a catchy one. It's pretty good. Very catchy. I started to watch uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town last night with the kids. That's the libertarian Christmas movie that I love so much with Burgermeister Meisterberger, who bans toys. (laughs) And we played his song on the show last week, I think. Yes. And it's the origin story of Santa Claus, how he's uh, basically a rebel. I mean, he's, uh, he's going up against the man. He's going up against the evil tyrant who's banned toys. And he's, he's, uh, he's giving out toys to people. He's, he's uh, committing civil disobedience, Santa Claus. <laughs> it's a kids, good movie. Do your kids now know um, the horrors behind an authoritarian government? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I took the time to explain it all to them. They're just <laughs> looking at me like, Dad, can we just watch, can we just watch the Christmas cartoon? Please. Does everything have to be a political lecture about tyranny? Like, can we just enjoy the, the, the Christmas show? Please. Now, somebody mentioned to me today, and I don't know if this is true, but remember in uh, Christmas Vacation, the woman who plays the clerk in the store, Mary, yeah. and she shows Chevy Chase some of lingerie? Uh, I, yes, I remember that scene. Clark Griswold. And she says, uh, and of course, the famous line when he looks over at Russ goes, can't see the line, can you, Russ? That actress is 70 years old next month. Wow. Nicolette wow. Scorsese. Yeah, 70 years old next month. That's point of personal privilege right there. My friend said that around and said, you know, you might be getting a little old when that hottie and the clerk the clerk in the in the store is seventy now, you know? So just saying. Ouch. Wow, she is seventy. I didn't believe you. Yeah. The movie's like what, forty years old now? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Ed Nasta, as I do my Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in, says, Rich, there's a great alternative version to that song. It's called Biden, Did You Know? Very good. Biden, Did You Know? (laughs) Very good. Well done. Uh, 855-839-1210. If you'd like to weigh in today, we have a lot to chat about. We have a lot of great audio for you as well. And uh, I will be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. We'll take the first hour of his show live, as we always do whenever I fill in our uh, esteemed program director slash brand manager slash Darth Stocker slash co-host of Kale Company slash El Jefe. Greg Stocker allows that to occur whenever I fill in for Mark, which is always very Nice and appreciated. Here is, uh, let's see here, is a little bit on the economy. CNBC. 66% of Americans, not good, not good. Cut number four. 
those who are optimistic now and for the future, just 15% now. And for the year, now, by the way, this is up a little bit on the quarter, but this is the year for the average. 66% being pessimistic now and for the future is a record high in the 17 years we've been doing this. So we've never found people more depressed. We've never found people more economically depressed. Oh, going into an election year. Ouch. I believe we have another CNBC cut as well today from uh, this this analysis of Americans standing on the economy. Remember, this is bad news, but good news. It's good news if you want change in the White House in 2024, because with these kind of numbers, there's no way this guy gets reelected president. There's no freaking way, no chance, no how. I don't care. All the cheating in the world is not going to help him. Take a listen. Americans giving President Biden terrible approval numbers, no matter how you look at it. First, let's look overall. 35% overall approval versus 59%, a record high for the CNBC All-America survey during the president's tenure. 33-62 on the economy. Uh, he's he's as, almost as much underwater as he's ever been. And then now on foreign policy, 29-63, that's a record high. 34 points underwater. Let's look at where it's fallen from 41%. If we go and look at the, the, the trajectory on this, up five points on disapproval, down six points on approval. This is not the most wonderful way for a president to be handing in into a re-election year. And one really interesting group that we've been looking at now is the Latino vote and Latino preference here. You can see that it was sort of even uh, in the second quarter and now a big gap here with 61% disapproval of President Biden and just 28% approval. Ouch. Ooh, fa. Those are bad numbers. Those are bad numbers. You know, uh, that doesn't change next year. How does it change next year? I don't I mean the Fed would have to cut interest rates down to the two percent for that to change. It would have to be that drastic. So that doesn't change. That's not good. That's not very good at all. But nevertheless, little Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Little Pete Buttigieg. He's out there saying that what's happening right now is the Biden economic recovery. As just fourteen percent of Americans say they're better off under Biden's economy. Cut five. Now I want to zoom out and talk a little bit about the last three years, because I think it bears repeating that when President Biden took office about three years ago, the biggest concern at the time around the nation's airlines was whether they would be able to stay in business. And at the time, we were thinking about how many years or decades it would take for the U.S. aviation sector to recover. Instead, what happened was that the entire economy, including the aviation sector, recovered swiftly during the Biden economic recovery, which, of course, included demand coming back faster than most forecasters had thought possible. Because you lifted restrictions, you dope. That's why demand came back. People were allowed to travel again. It's not that complicated. Uh, And he doesn't, of course, bring up the fact that airlines are struggling right now because of how many pilots lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates. They are losing ground every month. This is grim. This is a uh, little cut I have CNN sounding the alarms right now. Filling in for Dana Bash and Inside Politics, CNN anchor Jim Acosta who, of course, as you remember, was a prisoner for four years under Donald Trump in a journalist internment camp on the South Lawn of the White House. For four years, Jim Acosta survived on beans and rice and water as he was a prisoner after Trump suspended the First Amendment and ordered all journalists jailed. But since his freedom, he's been out there a lot. I'm sorry, that's not, he wasn't actually, 
he wasn't at, okay that he wasn't actually jailed I sort of exaggerated that a little bit he actually wrote a book and was on TV all the time and made millions of dollars but but nevertheless he could have been huh and if Trump comes back he'll definitely lock up Jim Acosta this time am I right oh you know I'm right because obviously he meant to do it the first time and just forgot anyway here's Jim Acosta cut seven people look what I what I have discovered in doing my polling in Europe in the UK and here. <clears throat> what matters is how many months people have been struggling to deal with inflation. And each month they get madder and madder about it as long as their, their wages are trailing prices. And so they're still, grumpy right now. They're still three, look, <laughs> get out of the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> they are three, it's 3% higher than it was yeah. uh, when Biden came in <clears throat> in, the last, in the last six months. Uh, there has been a decline in disposable income. So the, the context is you have, to, you have to start there. Inflation is like 30 points higher than the next problem. And you can't, you know, what the president currently doing is his tweets always start with, we're making progress, and then he mentions prices. Yeah. And if you look at it ads aimed at black voters, it's mainly trying to convince them they're doing a good job. But that's not where they are. They are, not, they are losing ground every month and anger about it. But then you have to you have to stop. You have to say, what's the main problem? How do you, you know, how do you deal with the first problem, which is inflation and the cost of living? It's grim. It's really, really grim. These numbers, and the problem is, it keeps getting grimmer, and it's grim for a long time. Remember, this was this was the the Democracy Corps. This guy did this along with James Carville, part of a study of twenty five hundred voters during the month of November. This is grim. Now, interestingly enough, as uh, Trump's lead, and I agree with Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, I, I do think Trump's going to win if he's the nominee. I really do. But the Republican establishment keeps telling you that Nikki Haley is the only chance and that they have to stop Trump. So they're putting all this money behind her. Even National Review, which hates Donald Trump, acknowledges Trump is still dominant. And they write the fact that the problem for Haley is that there's no sign that she's moving up in Iowa. And the problem for the anti-Trump cause generally is that DeSantis is moving up only at the margins while his super PAC melts down. If Trump wins Iowa going away, it's going to be very hard to beat him in New Hampshire. It's true that Iowa and New Hampshire often produce a split decision, but we've seen Iowa winners like Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum who are too Southern or too religious for New Hampshire. That's not true for Trump. In 2016, he lost Iowa and won New Hampshire. The best scenario for stopping Trump is still a miracle. A miracle DeSantis surge in Iowa. The second best would be a DeSantis collapse and strong Haley move into a second place in Iowa. Neither seems likely. That leaves the underwhelming Trump victory scenario. And again, maybe that happens, but the public polling shows it moving the other way. Haley's showing in the new CBS poll of New Hampshire is the first glimmer of competitiveness in the race in a long time, they acknowledge. But it's to her credit she's gotten here after a very slow start. Her movement has been a surprise to many people, and they say perhaps there's more surprises to come. But I think Nikki Haley is going nowhere. And I also believe what Tucker Carlson said is correct, that if if Donald Trump were to pick Nikki Haley as his running mate, it would turn off a lot of his supporters. It would be disastrous because Nikki Haley is way too pro-war. She's way too pro-Ukraine. And I think it would be very, very dangerous for the world. I really do. I really, I, I mean that. I'm saying that. And I believe fully in my heart 
that what Tucker Carlson says here about Nikki Haley is true. And I think he speaks for a lot of people who are Trump supporters. Cut number eight. Someone asked me, would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And would you guys vote no? for Trump? Well, I mean, that's the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I, right. I, I, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would, I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, that, that's, I, just, I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots. And who is not only is, is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most speaking of nihilist, nihilistic way, and has no real popular support. Is like is a creature of the oligarchs. So yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. I mean, it's not good. That's that's a problem. He wouldn't just not support it. He would actively oppose it. But this is why the Republican establishment is pushing Nikki Haley so hard. I, there, were, there were two articles that I read today about Nikki Haley. One of them says her pathway is clear. This is how Nikki Haley wins and becomes a nominee. It is, it's a fantasy. The, the, Trump's lead in, in Iowa and New Hampshire is just way too, too high. He's going to win both. And when he does win both, then at that point, declare him the Republican nominee because it's, it's over at that point. I mean, the, the, what, else, what else do you need? I've already told you I think the primary is over. And I'm not basing that based on any Trump support. I'm basing that on just political science. I mean, there is a science to politics after all, and science involves data and looking at numbers. And even though I'm not very good at math, I'm good enough to be able to read those numbers and understand that it would take a miracle for either DeSantis or for Haley to be able to overcome this disadvantage right now. And when you've got articles in Politico where they're saying that Mexicans are looking forward to the return of Trump, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Black voters, Latino voters, they're all moving away from Biden. And... It's, it's, it's why the Republican establishment is getting so nervous because they know that Trump can win. It's not because they think Trump can't win. That's one of the talking points that they tell you. It's a lie. They know Trump can win, and that's why they want to stop him, period. Now, this is a painful clip. Here's Representative Liz Cheney on Fox News sparring with Fox News anchor Brett Baer after Baer pushed Cheney on whether or not she is equally critical of Joe Biden as she is of former President Donald Trump. And like a lot of these loser Republicans, they spend all of their time going after Trump. And the reason why is because it's a cottage industry. They're able to get paid to do so, whether it's Kinzinger, whether it's Cheney, whether it's somebody else. But hey, you're supposed to be a Republican. Where's, where's all the criticism of Joe Biden? Why don't you spend some time going after Joe Biden? Cut six. You know, the rulings of our courts are fundamental to who we are uh, as a constitutional republic. If a president doesn't enforce those rulings, they don't have weight. Right. But what about the point it made in this op-ed uh, specifically? And, and I understand what you're saying about the former president, what you feel about what would happen. But you well, haven't been but vocal. It's not, it's but not, you right. haven't been vocal about but President what, Biden well, when, I, like, executive yeah, orders to cancel student loan, but, ban but evictions, mandate COVID yeah, vaccines. Brett, well, here's a list. I think it's a very different After thing. the SCOTUS ruling. Are you going to let me answer this? Yeah, I am. Though? Just let me list them. After the SCOTUS ruled against it, he still used regulatory means to write off, you know, the student debt, wall off uh, 1.5 million acres of land for fossil fuel. What, what this basically is saying is that there are things that have been done outside of the rule of federal courts that you haven't weighed in on. Well, first of all, I don't think it's true that I haven't weighed in on those. And I think a lot of those, if you look at the kinds of things that he's done with respect, for example, to energy policy, with respect to setting aside lands across the West, I've been very vocal that I think those policies are wrong. It's very different 
from a president. And look, you wrote a book uh, about George Washington. The last chapter of your book is called The Gift of a Peaceful Transition of Power. That's, that is what we're talking about. Yeah, but, but this I, is not about this, me. That's right, but that's a very important concept. Let me finish my answer, because every single president, Republican and Democrat, since George Washington, has ensured the peaceful transition of power. Donald Trump tried to seize power. So you see, they are obsessed with this. But that's the problem, is that the the anti-Trump Republicans are spewing the wrong message over and over and over again. Nobody cares about January 6, 2021. What they care about is how the economy was in January of 2021, period. That's the difference. That's what they care about. Everything is telling us that. Every polling data, every polling metric, everything. Everything is saying that people care about how the economy was in January of 2021, not what a bunch of rioters did at the Capitol building. They don't care. They do care about the fact that there are hundreds of peaceful, pe- people who peacefully entered a, 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 an open building, a building that is open to the public, and have since been treated like political prisoners. Yeah, they do care about that. A lot of people's civil liberties have been completely devastated. And Americans also rightly care that people who actually committed uh, violence that day, uh, property damage and whatnot, that they get properly punished for it. People can think lots of different things at the same time. But the average person lives their life not thinking about January 6, 2021 with the obsession that Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger or any of these other people have. They think about the economy in January 2021 and how much better it was. And now they're thinking about the border in January of 2021 as we break all these record numbers at the border and they think about how much better the border situation was then. And for a lot of these people who are Mexican, they're turning around and saying, like from that political article I shared with you, quotes like, it was a lot better back then. It really was. Here's Fox News national correspondent Bill Malusian reporting at the southern border today. Cut number three. And the numbers just keep getting worse. Those 12,600 encounters you mentioned, that is the highest single day total ever recorded, beating the previous record just a couple of weeks ago. And Eagle Pass is just getting completely overrun. Take a look at this video. Uh, A contact on the ground there sent us last night. Thousands upon thousands of migrants camped out waiting uh, to be processed by Border Patrol. I can tell you I've spent hundreds of days in Eagle Pass over the last couple of years. I've never seen the situation that bad there Uh, and it is still going on this morning take a live look at our fox news drone over eagle pass right now you can see masses of migrants still camped out there waiting for border patrol uh, to take custody it's not good and that's why they're all saying biden has completely turned this place into s that's what a mexican-american said in that political article Right there, it's all you need. Hey, coming up, a federal judge wants the names of Jeffrey Epstein's pals to be released. Will that actually happen? Speaking of freaks and fetishists and weirdos who are overtaking our government, plus an LGBTQIA++, every letter of the alphabet transgender activist in Philadelphia has been arrested on child rape charges after palling around with Josh Shapiro and Larry Krasner and the Democrat elites in Philadelphia. I'll tell you about that as well. But listen, Dr. Mike Venaria, Great guy, great friend, the master of dental implants. And uh, this Christmas, I want you to think about it while you're on break. Think about giving yourself the gift of a beautiful smile because that's what Dr. Mike Venaria can deliver for you. If you've had an estimate for complicated dental work, Go see Dr. Mike and get a second opinion. He also does cosmetic dentistry, pain-free root canal treatment if necessary, and pediatric general. It's all there for you with Dr. Mike. That's why my entire family goes to see Dr. Mike Vitaria for the great work that he does. Two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury. So if you've been thinking about getting dental work done, if you've been thinking about getting a complicated dental procedure, now is the time. Reach out to him for a free consultation. 
If you have had another consultation, it's worth a second opinion, believe me, because Dr. Mike puts every emphasis on care and not cost, and that's the difference. That's why for 10 years, he has been voted as a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years, highly respected among his peers and his colleagues. So VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, what is this now? What do we got? So this is Little Drummer Boy slash Silent Night slash Old Lang Sign by the one and only Jimmy Hunter. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. Now, who requested that? You know? That was Johnny Cook. I went back and looked for that. Johnny Cook. Very nice. All right, don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, I'll be uh, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, today. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Henry, what happened to the Eagles last night? What was that disaster I watched? What was that? I mean, I'm wondering the same thing as you. I mean, for weeks now, they've been talking, you know, we got to get things right, we got to get things going, and yet they still didn't do it. I mean, it, it's starting to scare me a lot. I mean, you could you could take, you know, it's the Cowboys, the Niners, those are really good teams. Seahawks are in the middle of the pack team, right? If the playoffs started today, they wouldn't be in. Right, uh, right. So it's it's a lot of things. I mean, on on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen's turning the ball over too much. Mm-hmm. He's turning the ball over too much. He's leading the, lead, the NFL in, in turnovers this year with 17. He's tied with Josh Allen. Uh, you can't win the game turning the ball over. And then on top of that, the, the way they run the offense. So a lot of the games last year, they'd run run the ball – you know, absolutely just bully the other team, go on these long drives. And, you know, for a couple drives last night, they did do that. On the three scoring drives, I believe they were eight minutes long, seven minutes long, and then the third one was just under seven minutes long. So when they control the clock like that, it makes things a lot easier for them. The problem is every other drive didn't end up like that. And when you're not controlling the clock like that and you have a terrible defense like the Eagles do, uh, bad things are going to happen because that defense, again, got shredded in the second half it did it didn't matter who was calling the plays uh it didn't matter you know any of that it's just they look completely lost out there at times yep yep and yeah it's it's going to keep happening unless they can start controlling the clock again and they're they're not going to do it they're not playing complimentary football the offense isn't helping the defense and the defense isn't helping itself so they got to figure it out and they got to figure it out now yeah well well said well said um i agree and people are nervous. There's a lot of nervousness today. Yeah, a lot of it. Absolutely, and it's well warranted at this point because it seems like there's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of you know, it's your fault. This is your assignment. No, this was the coverage. This was what I was supposed to do. It's it's not good. It's not looking good. Now, um, the other question I wanted to ask is, let's see, when we're talking about the um, the the situation. That happened with the guy with the sex in the Senate room, the the porn video they shot. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a segue. Okay. Um, well, I was just thinking about like long plays and um, you know coming coming from behind and you know what I mean. <laughs> oh. So I was thinking about some of that stuff. But I I just wanted to ask the, the question, which is that do you do you do you think it's worse to put your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk or your backside on a table and uh, film a <laughs> a porn video 
I know if it was my desk, I'd rather the feet, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the latter seems a little little worse, in my opinion. So, my other movie, An Insurrection of Another Kind, which is coming out, I believe, in March. Um, Netflix pick up the rights to that? <laughs> Netflix picked up the rights to that, yeah. An Insurrection of Another Kind. <laughs> The um, the thing about it though is that uh, we we don't know the identity of the other guy in the video yet, right? So I'm wondering if that was an undercover FBI operative who was just seducing the Senate staffer to get him on video. Hmm? Have you thought about that? <laughs> kind of tie it all together. Well, he is claiming he's a victim. That's what I'm saying. So you know, because what rational adult would ever let themselves be filmed doing a porn video if, if they were actually uh, a critical thinker, right? So he's clearly a victim. Duh. Some of the uh, movie titles that uh, they came up with, uh, The Seat of Government, Reclaiming My Time Behind. This was uh, Greg Gutfeld's uh, movie ideas. Reclaiming My Time Behind. Testimoning. I like that one. Testimoning. You like that? Testimoning. <laughs> Pretty good. That's, that's a, uh, I don't know. Is, are we releasing that in theaters or? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ben Cardin's Cheeks of Staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, here's Ben Cardin reacting to that of what his uh, what his uh, little freaking weirdo fetishist aide, former aide, did here. Boy, Cardin is uh, very uncomfortable with this line of questioning, as you can imagine, as one would be uh, in this situation. Take a listen. Yeah, how did he get in there? I don't know the details. Do you, what was this stuff like? That, I, my knowledge of this uh, was over the weekend when I learned about it made sure that he was separated so he left uh, the senate employment and that uh, the appropriate steps were taken from the point of view of our office did he exhibit any unusual behavior while he was working in the office that would not be the right one day I, I, do you know him very well or i would have to ask uh, the, the, these are personnel issues and uh, i would not be the right person I, i'm not gonna i just not gonna get into a personnel issue do you, do you think there will be criminal charges pressed? i'm not gonna get into personnel investigation issues but do but your your office is what cooperating with the Capitol Police on this, and have they contacted you to look I, into this? They haven't contacted me, uh, uh, but I, I'd have to check to see if someone in my office was contacted. Mm. Well, this is the staffer just following the earlier question that you knew personally that you worked with personally. I know all my staff people, so I well, know. Were you personally close to the staffer? Did you know well, I can't tell you that I. I'm, I'm not going to get into my relationship with staff the video is, is it is that that looks like a legit video right i, I don't know i'm not going to get into that because i it's not that's something to be investigated i guess i don't know but i'm not going to get into the specifics it's, i don't it's not what i know you met with senator shimmer today was this part of the discussion with them uh, thank you okay. Thank you. They probably should have ended that a long time ago. But the Senate staffer is acting like a victim exactly like Hunter Biden. It's the same playbook. It's the same exact playbook. And there was a great piece that was written in the New York Post by Kristen Fleming about this. And she said, sex in the Senate is bad enough, but claiming you're the victim, that's truly shameless. Yes, indeed it is. Because remember, he said he's being attacked because of who he loves. The seediness was courtesy of Aiden Mays Soropsky. The politico-turned-amateur porn actor was identified as the enthusiastic jock-strap-wearing participant in the eight-second clip. A 24-year-old legislative aide as a Cardin spokesperson confirmed later this day is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate, but Macy-Serposky, by the way, dudes with hyphen names, hyphenated names, 
make me uncomfortable. I'm just going to say that for the record. <laughs> I'm just going to say that for the record. Guys with hyphenated names make me uncomfortable. I'm not saying all of them do, but for the most part, it's just a, it's a thing. It's a weird thing. I think it's weird. Anyway, uh, but Maisie hyphen Serposky did not simply cop to the dirty deed and apologize for desecrating a room where our country's top officials have testified. He didn't even attempt the classic George Costanza was that wrong defense. Instead, he went broke, claiming that his bare backside was being splashed across the media because he's gay and a Democrat. He said, this has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Well, some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment. I love my job. and would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. As for the accusations regarding Congressman Max Miller, I've never seen the congressman and had no opportunity to cause to yell or confront him. You see, he is the victim here. He just loves, he just loves, and his love has just overtaken him. He also had tweeted at some point the following, um, or I guess put something on his um, Venmo, I think. I want Joe Biden to spit in my mouth. Oh, it's gross. He's allegedly made a habit of posting kinky images and videos on his own ex account, Twitter account, reportedly having been warned by his superior to tone down his posts, including a nude in the work showers. But the uh, thing about this is that this little narcissist, this little creep, this little pervert joins a long line of perverts in the Democrat Party. Let's be let's be honest here. Let's be honest. And there's a lot of this uh, going on in politics in general. But to come to come around and say you're the victim here, like Hunter Biden with all of his videos and pictures and everybody else, all the lewdness and everything else is the wrong approach to this. Why not just come out and say, all right, you know what? In hindsight, this was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. Maybe it was bad, but that's the problem though. We're dealing with Democrats and all they have is a victim mentality that they are clearly, clearly the victim, clearly, clearly the oppressed and clearly the ones who have to now turn around and demand that you understand why they did the perverted, disgusting act in the first place. And if you criticize it, the problem is on you. You see, it's on you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We got a lot more to chat about today, uh, but I want to tell you about my buddy Tom Skopinich because he's a great guy, a great friend of the show, and he's going to fight for you if you are ever hurt in an accident because that's the guy he is. He's that kind of a guy, and he's a tough, tough fighter when it comes to that because Tom Skopinich knows firsthand exactly how the insurance companies operate. People don't realize this, but insurance companies are big businesses and they are concerned with one thing and that is their bottom line. So insurance companies are going to fight your case, but Tom Skopinich is going to make sure that you maximize your recovery and get the settlement that you deserve. That's why for 25 years, he's been fighting for people on both sides of the river, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So let Tom Skopinich bring that insider knowledge of how the insurance companies are to you. Just go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. Get what you deserve. A fighter on your side who's going to go out there and he's going to have your back. And most importantly, he's going to take on the insurance companies because that's what needs to happen. And unlike the big billboard clowns out there, you're going to deal directly with Tom Skopinich. Trust me when I tell you he's the fighter you need in your corner. Scopelawyer.com, scopelawyer.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, 
WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Greg Abbott says the Constitution empowers the state to take action if the federal government does not. He's absolutely correct about that. But already civil rights groups are suing because how dare the governor of of a state try to make his state secure. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And a federal judge is now demanding the unsealing of Jeffrey Epstein's pals. Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill himself, as you know, A federal judge ruled on Tuesday that documents containing the identities of over 150 associates of the late financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein will be unsealed after the new year. ABC News reported that New York Judge Loretta Preska ordered the documents unveiled on January 1st, 2024, as part of a settled civil lawsuit by Epstein accuser Virginia Goofrey against Epstein's confidant, Ghislaine Maxwell, who is currently serving a 20-year prison sentence for her own involvement in the sex trafficking scheme. The date was set for early January, so those who objected to their names being revealed could file their own objections. The report says that the names and the documents could include Epstein's victims, co-conspirators, and innocent associates. Any of the named individuals who are minors will remain unidentified. While the news will have everyone following the Epstein case chomping at the bit to know who was doing business with the financier, ABC News provided more detail about what could be contained in these specific documents set to be unsealed. Quote, the documents may not make clear why a certain individual became associated with the lawsuit, but more than 150 people are expected to be identified in hundreds of files that may expose more about Epstein's sex trafficking of women and girls in New York New Mexico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and elsewhere. Some of the names may simply have been included in depositions, email, or legal documents. Epstein and Maxwell worked together for years for targeting, grooming, and luring girls as young as 14 to work in massage parlors and other environments where they were abused and trafficked to others, including allegedly some very high-profile individuals. So we will wait with bated breath for that to be a thing and to happen. Look at that. That will be fantastic. I'm excited for that. Looking forward to that. Can't wait to see who's on the list. Jeffrey Epstein, of course, as you know, did not kill himself. And they've been trying to, trying so hard to cover this up for the longest time. But maybe we'll get some truth. Uh, in the state of New Jersey, remember that Fugazi candidate? The Democrats, what, they, what the Democrats try to accomplish uh, never ceases to amaze me. Never forget that cheating is real. Never forget that Democrats try sleazy tricks all the time. Whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's South Jersey, uh, North Jersey, on and on it goes. This is also something I talked to Dana Perino about in her podcast yesterday. And uh, I'm very happy about the fact that I had a nice chat with her. We talked about corruption in Philadelphia. We talked about the, the vote being secure. And it's true. I mean, there is rampant corruption that goes on in this region of the country. The old joke by former Governor Brendan Byrne, a Democrat who was also the Essex County prosecutor back in the day, he said, when I die, I want to be buried in Hudson County so that I can remain active in politics. But if he was traveling down to South Jersey, he would say Camden County, just depended on which corrupt county he was in. Well, if you remember, 
There was the phantom Fugazi candidate named Giuseppe Costanzo. Well, according to David Wildstein over at NJ Globe, and thanks to my buddy Steve Paccaraduni for sending this my way, the shadowy independent expenditure group is facing a lawsuit from the Republican State Committee and a move that potentially transforms them from bystanders to aggressive watchdogs over campaign spending. The New Jersey Election Law Enforcement Commission will intervene in a lawsuit involving Jersey Freedom. This is that shadowy group. The panel will become part of a lawsuit filed by the New Jersey Republican State Committee after a unanimous vote by the four commissioners, two Democrats and two Republicans. Chairman Tom Prohl said the panel will work to seek out transparency in New Jersey elections. He later said ELEC will seek to offer the commission's perspective on the law. Jason Cena, the Republican State Committee attorney, wants officials of Jersey Freedom, including phantom candidates and the circulators and signers of their petitions to testify under oath. The tenebrous Jersey Freedom Group, founded in September and run out of a post office box in Jamaica, Queens, spent money supporting a phantom state Senate candidate named Giuseppe Costanzo, who had a conservative slogan in an apparent attempt to siphon votes from the Republican candidate, who was the legitimate candidate. They sent attack mailers to GOP voters, and they ran cable TV ads on Fox News. In one filing, the group showed a $45,000 expenditure with debt and no revenues. Now, a member of judge froze their bank account days before the election, but by then, it was way too late. The coffers had been emptied, the ads were already run, the mail pieces had already gone out. After the election became clear, another South Jersey Democratic Independent Expenditure Group, known as Brighter Future Forward, entirely funded Jersey Freedom. The Carpenters Union, another South Jersey-connected independent group, the American Representative Majority primarily funded them. American Representative Majority received a $1.9 million loan from Democrat power broker George Norcross. The attorney for Jersey Freedom, William Tambusi, is also the longtime counsel to the Camden County Democratic Committee. Jersey Freedom claims to be in full compliance with the new new Election Transparency Act, which eliminated 48-hour notifications of donations and expenditures. Giuseppe Costanzo, a 62-year-old restaurant account manager from Clementon, remained a mythical figure on the campaign trail. He raised no money, opened no social media accounts, and had practically no digital footprint. He made no case for his own candidacy and no longer answers his cell phone. Until earlier this year, he wasn't even a registered voter. His conservative running mate, Maureen Dukes Penrose, a Democrat, told the New Jersey Globe that retiring state Senator Fred Madden, a former Gloucester County Democrat chairman, encouraged her to run as an independent. Madden denies that. Jersey Freedom also made independent expenditures in support of Libertarian Senate candidate Sean Peck in the 2nd District, Peck's outage over the Jersey Freedom Mailer let outrage led him to drop out of the race and endorse State Senator Vince Palestina for re-election. So good. Good that they're going to try to get to the bottom of this. Good. I'm glad. Because we have to pursue election fraud into all of its absolute ugliness and filth. And there's a lot of it. There is a lot of it in the Democrat Party because the Democrats play dirty. They do, period. They do. You cannot deny that fact. You know, there was a montage of Joe Biden going on about, for example, um, everybody has to pay their fair share of taxes, pay their fair share. And all these Bidens turn out to be uh, tax cheats. All these Bidens turn out to be tax cheats. The tax-dodging daughter 
an access selling brother and a sister-in-law flush with foreign cash. If you think Hunter shady, says David Marcus, read what else is being revealed about Joe's family. How many times have you heard have you heard Joe Biden lecture about paying your fair share, right? It's been a thing with him. Less than a week ago, House Republicans launched a formal impeachment inquiry into the 46th president. And oh boy, the Biden sure are keeping these investigators busy. New evidence emerged linking Biden and his clan to yet another influence peddling operation. And this time it involves Joe's little brother, Jim. And then it turns out Ashley Biden, the first daughter, reportedly owed $5,000 in income taxes from 2015 to 2021. Now, this pales in comparison to Hunter's $1.4 million, but what is it about Joe's kids allegedly ripping off the government? It's almost as if they think the rules don't apply to them because they are privileged little brats. And then I mentioned to you yesterday, Jim Biden was caught on a FBI wiretap when he was engaged as a lobbyist in D.C. and working on getting his brother to back a tobacco bill that he was absolutely opposed to at one point and then became a champion of because isn't that amazing how money works, right? Isn't that something, how that happens? Now, the big problem that we have right now, of course, with the Democrat Party, is that you and I both know they are a bunch of freaking extremists and whack jobs. And as my friend Kennedy put it, fetishists with all kinds of kink that gets displayed, whether it's transgender activists showing their tatas on the South Lawn of the White House outside the Rose Garden, or it's Senate sex videos, or it's supporting people that walk around showing their junk in sorority houses and in female locker rooms, the Democrat Party has embraced absolute lunatics. They've also embraced anti-Semitism. A majority of Americans age 18 to 24 think Israel should be ended and given to Hamas. Where do you think that comes from? Who do you think those voters are, out of curiosity? They want to see Israel ended and given to Hamas. They want to see the, the annihilation of Israel. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think those voters are conservative? Do you think those voters are Republicans? Huh? You think so? No, of course not. You know better than that. You and I both know exactly where this comes from. There's new allegations against Harvard's president, too. This time now, it might be as many as 60 different scholarly articles she may have plagiarized. 60. And a little bit, I'm going to talk to you about the LGBTQ++ IA, every letter of the alphabet, activist, transgender activist in Philadelphia who has been accused of rape. We'll get into that with you uh, in the next segment of the show before I take over for the great one, Mark Levin. But remember, as all this is happening right now, and everybody looks like, they, they, they all look like a bunch of freaks. They're also embracing, and this is why the Republicans need to stand up and say hell no to this. They are embracing what you can call the modern lobotomists, and I'm talking about gender doctors. When Nikki Haley and Chris Christie both said they want to keep government out of it, I said that's wrong. Parents are not allowed to beat their children within an inch of their life. They're not allowed to give their kids drugs and alcohol. They're not allowed to molest their children. There's all kinds of laws to keep parents from hurting their own children. Because unfortunately, you have bad parents out there. And children deserve liberty. And children are also considered to be actual people with inalienable rights. They may not have all the rights yet, but they are still considered to be inalienable people who have rights given to them by God. And if the parents try to do something to hurt those children, that's when the government has to step in and protect them until they have all of their mental capacity and the full rights of the law. That's a very common sense way to do it. 
You can't turn around and say, I get to molest my daughter because I'm her father. It doesn't work that way in this country. You can't say, I get to give my, my, my eight-year-old bourbon every night because I'm his dad. I know what's best for him. We all agree that there are truly disturbed people out there. So when it comes to allowing kids to go down the road of transgender surgeries, why is it that Democrats and some Republican candidates are believing that government needs to stay the hell out of it? It's a $2.1 billion industry. Gender reassignment surgery. A $2.1 billion industry. And I guess the question that I have is, when it comes to children, and they don't know what's best for themselves, and you have a lot of woke parents who think this is okay, don't you need somebody to come in and defend the rights of those kids from those parents who think it looks good or somehow will make them feel really special at the cocktail party when they're drinking Chablis on the main line? Yes, I let Jimmy uh, cut his schwanz off because, um, uh, you know, we're just so progressive in our family. And then a few years later, when Jimmy realizes he's made a terrible mistake and can't get it back on, uh, that's a problem. But his brain at 13, 14, 15, 16 isn't fully developed and they might make some mistakes. You know, the, the woke parents on the main line who think it looks really, really good for their friends at Haverford to let them know that they allowed their daughter to go through gender reassignment surgery, which of course means mutilating her body and cutting off her breasts and taking these experimental drugs and everything else. Uh, at some point, if she regrets all this, what do you do? How do you, how do you put that genie back in that bottle? The answer is you can't, and that's the problem. But with a $2.1 billion industry in gender reassignment, you see where the money is. You understand the power of money. You understand that these hospitals and these doctors and these research facilities and all these other places stand to lose a lot of cash if these things are not allowed to be done on children. So they get the lobbyists out there and they get all the spokespeople out there and they talk about how this is science and this is the right thing to do. And you have one political party that's embracing this, the Democrat Party. They are embracing this because they embrace freaks. They embrace freak shows. Kennedy put it best in her piece at the Daily Mail. White House dime bags, a crack and gorge first son, topless trans activists, and now a lurid Senate sexcapade. America is overrun by fetishist weirdos and whack jobs, and we all know who's to blame. It's the Democrat Party who's to blame, but it's the same party. That's the same party that thinks it's okay for kids I'm not talking about adults, but for children to go down this road and that the parents should be able to make that decision. And I don't, and I'm sorry, but I think if Republicans don't have the courage to stand up and say, no, just like I wouldn't allow uh, parents to molest kids, I wouldn't allow parents to, uh, to beat their children within an inch of their life, I wouldn't think it's okay for children to get their kids um, S-faced, drunk every night, give them hard drugs, I wouldn't let that happen. I would, I would not say that's okay just because they're, they're your children, but they're not, your, they're not your property. Just like we say the state's not your property either. These are still individuals with inalienable rights that deserve protection under the government and the Constitution from parents who unfortunately would make very destructive decisions for children who don't know better. A 13-year-old kid who looks at the pressures of social media and pressures of being of going through puberty and thinks this is okay, and the parents who want to look virtue signaling and back this and write the check or pay for it, the, log- the legislators and lobbyists who want the government to pay for this for children. In a $2.1 billion industry, there's a lot of money behind this. So, no, I, I think that if you cannot come out and say, absolutely not, we're not going to allow this to happen to children, you're not worthy of Republican support in this primary, period. It's not a matter of keeping the government out of it. 
you know, you want to you, you want to take this this big libertarian approach. The people who are saying this, Chris Christie and Nikki Haley, tend to want the government involved in a whole lot of things in your life, by the way. A lot of things in your life, including having the government ban TikTok, for example, which is one of Nikki Haley's big things. Having the government force adults to register on social media. But when it comes to protecting children, suddenly she's some big libertarian who says, don't, don't let the government come between parents and, their, and, and doctors. Really? That's rich, isn't that? That's really, really rich. I have a hard time believing that nonsense. These are not people that have a, a much like the college presidents who uh, suddenly become the arbiters of, 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 of defense of freedom of speech when it's people chanting, chanting death to Israel, uh, when they've had a track record years and years of shutting down free speech and free expression on college campuses. Considering that Christie and Haley have both been people that have advocated a lot of government in the past and still do in many ways, for them to come out now and act like they're these big freedom fighters on this issue... Uh, no, because that just shows that you're playing both sides. That's what that shows you right there. And you're afraid of the issue. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you Republicans right now should embrace this issue. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Be the party that says no. Be the party that says no to biological males playing women's sports. Be the party that says no to biological men in the women's dressing room or the women's locker room. Be the party that says no to biological dudes living in uh, female sorority houses. Say no. I'm telling you people stand with you on this. They may not say it publicly. They may not come out and put it on Facebook because they're afraid of getting canceled. Because again, the, the loud voices of the intolerant bigots on the left will always expose people for saying this stuff who don't have what I have the ability to do, which is to use a microphone to express my opinions honestly and openly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they don't agree with me. It doesn't mean that the majority, the overwhelming, overwhelming majority doesn't agree with me. I know they do. I'm telling you they do. Don't doubt me on this. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. As we continue here with 30 minutes of nonstop talk before I take over for the great one, Mark Levin, coming up. Uh, Matt DeSantis, I see on the cut sheet you've prepared for me today, you have Eric Adams with the worst political answer you've ever heard. Yes. Is that true? Uh, Maybe underselling it, actually. And I have to credit Henry. He sent this to me uh, last night, and I clicked on the link he sent. I listened to it, and it was so bad that I actually didn't believe that it was real. I thought it was some sort of AI-generated response uh, and had been altered. Um, But sure enough, it's real. You have confirmed the authenticity of this statement by New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Sadly, yes. I was actually hoping it wasn't real. It's it's it it's <laughs> it's a surreal answer to a question. It, what was the question? Out of curiosity, so uh, the, to describe New York City in one word. In one word. Correct. Okay, and I'm, I'm guessing based on that, he doesn't give just one word. Is that is that a fair yes. assessment? Yes, that is a very fair assessment. It's a horrible rambling response. All right. Well, without further ado, gentlemen. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? (laughs) So when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, This is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. Uh, really? 
Really? Did I just hear that? God. Yeah. You could wake up with a plane crashing into the Twin Towers and also celebrate somebody opening a bit. He really just said that? Uh, unbelievably, yes. I, I got I to hear it again. I got to hear it again. I don't, believe, I don't believe it. Try one more time. One All more right, time. Here it is. Word. What would that word be? And tell me why. Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Every day you could experience that? What? He's not really selling it right there, huh? Hey, come to New York, kids. Every day you could experience a plane crashing into buildings. Oof. <laughs> That is cringe, as the kids say. Cringe. Horrible. What a gaff. Oh, man. Tourism's about to take a hit. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended, right? <laughs> Literally, no pun intended. Does not make me want to visit the city. <laughs> no. Ah, listen, come to New York every day. You can experience uh, muggings, crime, um, <laughs> prostitution, homeless guys getting off on the streets, creepy people dressed up in fake Disney costumes, planes crashing into buildings. Oh, and also um, um, uh, the Christmas tree, the holiday tree in Rockefeller Center. Ice skaters, carolers, and crack cocaine. And don't forget a person celebrating a new business. And a person celebrating a new business, which is about to be robbed. A new business which will be robbed in, oh, wait for it, three, two, one. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Guess that's better than a plane hitting it. Well, that's true. Yeah, a person uh, celebrating a new business, uh, watching and hoping that a plane doesn't crash into it and kill everybody. Am I right? All right? (laughs) Oof. Man. I thought he was better at this. And you're positive that that is an actual answer from the New York City mayor. I double, triple, quadruple checked. That's 100% real somehow. Now, how how does that compare to D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser (laughs) and this clip? I'm so glad you went to this one next, because this one's pretty bad, too. But I feel like she benefits from Eric Adams' terrible response because no one's talking about it. Everyone's focused on how how awful Eric Adams is at his job. Uh, They've completely overlooked this Muriel Bowser clip. But this is – his answer was terrible. This is just flat-out weird. You want to listen to it? Oh, yes, please. All right. It takes a second to get to the good part, but just wait it out. And set it up for me. What's going on here? Okay. So she is at some sort of holiday celebration uh, at the John A. Wilson building in Washington, D.C. There are people um, there to uh, partake in the festivities. And then then there are also pro-Palestinian protesters. Um, So she's trying to... I guess, MC this event while simultaneously getting sh- uh, shouted down by these, these protesters. Gotcha. Okay. S- setting the scene. So here it is. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. These are our DC values. We respect one another. We love one another, and we stand side by side with each other. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We would like our guests to respect the D.C. residents who are here. D.C. residents, join me. 
We are in a world certainly with difficult times. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh man. That was your strategy to shut down the anti-Israel protesters. <laughs> they did quiet down a bit. <laughs> yeah, everybody, even everybody that united the room. They're like, "Well, this is terrible." <laughs> and I know we all hate each other, but still, can we all agree on this at least? Everyone's just shocked. <laughs> Maybe they should send her to the Israel uh, Gaza epicenter and just have her sing. Maybe then. <laughs> Be like the equivalent of Kendall Jenner in the Pepsi commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oof. <laughs> Man, interesting strategy to get the uh, protesters to shut up, though. Yeah, and why that song out of, out of curiosity? It's not, it's not even Christmas. Yeah, she's better. She's better at that job too. These are, we don't have many very talented people actually in elected office. If you notice, can we use that song as return? I get, again, I know it's not a Christmas song, but can we use that as return music? It's up to Henry. Uh, how about no? How nah, about, come on. How about no? Only if it's Muriel Bowser's version. Yeah, obviously. I, that's the only version you would want to play. How about no, Scott? I thought you did a good job. <laughs> I thought you did a good job, yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Very epic. talented. If, epic, epic job. The whole poli- politics thing doesn't work out. She can always oh, be it's a performer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to work out. And then we have uh, Alec Baldwin, who, of course, at one time was a uh, uh, host on uh, WPH, uh, WP, uh, uh, Eddie Calls, Ivan. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you Alec leave Baldwin us no choice, night. listeners. <laughs> Alec Baldwin last night in New York confronted by his own people, uh, New York City lefties. So lefty on lefty violence, to, lefty on lefty crime took place last night on the streets of New York City. Take a listen. Can the media Oh, ouch. Shut the F up. Alec Baldwin, Mr. Tolerance. All right, uh, listen, I'm going to be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight at 6 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. I'm going to get to the story of what happened in Philadelphia with a transgender activist who has some very, 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 very disturbing charges that have been brought. Uh, And Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, who's very upset that they have now decided to strip him of some of his powers. So I'll share that with you as well in our next segment on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. A lot more to come. Don't go away. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in the free Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here, before I turn it over to me and myself at 6 o'clock, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. Stay tuned with me as I talk about the Houthis, who are making absolute fools out of us and disrupting international international commerce in a big, big way. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us today. And uh, just rolling along here. You know, I, I wanted to mention this. This is a very confusing story I'm trying to understand it about this woman 
in Philadelphia, this LGBTQ plus plus IA, every letter of the alphabet activist who um, is now accused of underage rape. I'm trying to understand this because it's confusing. I don't know how a woman can rape people. I'm, I'm just try, I'm trying to understand the story here. I have the article in my formerly pangolin stained fingers and I'm trying to figure this out. LGBTQ plus plus IA every letter of the alphabet activist charged in rape of two minors after previously being the victim of a violent assault in 2020. Kendall Stevens, 37, was arrested Monday after an investigation into sexual assaults from September 2023. She has been charged with two counts of rape, indecent assault, endangering the welfare of a child, corruption of minors, and related charges. How does a woman rape? How does a woman rape somebody, though? I just don't understand. What am I missing here? Stevens is the same woman who survived a brutal hate crime in her Point Breeze home on August 24, 2020, when the attacker, Taimisha Waring, pleaded guilty to aggravated assault and conspiracy. According to the DA, Waring was sentenced to 11 and a half to 23 months of house arrest with electronic monitoring with no parole eligibility until 18 months of home confinement, as well as 120 hours of community service, a letter of apology to Stevens, and completion of court-monitored anger management program. And the bail into these latest allegations is set at $500,000. But again, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand the, the mechanism by which a woman rapes somebody. Because I always hear that it's, it's, you know, men, men, men are rapists. Men can be rapists. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm trying to understand the story here. Let me see if I can get some more details here. Uh, Oh, 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 okay. Now I understand. Now, you see, this is what I was missing. This is why, as I was reading from Fox 29 in Philly, now I'm at the Daily Wire. Now it makes sense. So see, Kendall Stevens is a man who identifies as a woman and obviously still has a uh, package, did not get the chop off. Okay, okay, now that, now, now that, see, now that makes sense. It's confusing, though, when you read it, because you're like, she, 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 and then you read it, and you go, how does she rape uh, somebody without a penis? But um, Kendall Stevens clearly has one. Right. See, this is part of the, and I knew this, by the way, I was just having a little fun. Uh, but this is, this is what I mean about the assault on truth in our, in our, in our country and, and our language and why it's so important that we push back on this. Kendall Stevens is a biological male. And that, that's important because the crime of rape typically involves a penis. Typ- I mean, typically, not, not in every circumstance, but typically it does. And it's very difficult to... I mean, you could you could obviously pin people down and, and insert things into them and take advantage of them that way. But I don't think that that's what we're talking about here, obviously. Kendall Stevens, 37-year-old man who identifies as a woman, had a preliminary arraignment in Philadelphia court on Monday and was charged with rape, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, unlawful contact with minors, corruption of minors, unlawful contact with minors, indecent assault against people less than 13 years of age. Oh my God. Obscenity to minors and endangering the welfare of children according to court documents. Further details about Stevens' alleged crimes have not yet been revealed as the investigation continues. Stevens' bail was set for $250,000, and his next court hearing is scheduled for December 29th, according to CBS Philadelphia. Why only $250,000? It seems like this 
individual is a real danger to our children. I mean, what, I mean a real absolute sicko. Stevens is very close to Larry Krasner and Bob Casey, too. Bob Casey Jr. Stevens is a very big, prominent activist in the Democrat Party. This is why the Democrat Party is insane. They have given a, a home to people like this. In 2020, the LGBTQ++ IA, every other the alphabet activist, was assaulted in his home in South Philadelphia. You see, the Daily Wire uses the correct pronouns here, which is important because if you're, put, if you're piecing together a crime and you say she raped people, it's not accurate for the details of the crime. And we should be accurate in life. We should be accurate and we should give proper information, I think. I mean, isn't that just, doesn't that seem to be logical to you? Quote, there needs to be a call to action for our newly democratically controlled state House of Representatives to push hate crime laws to include LGBTQ plus plus IA, every little alphabet identified individuals as protected classes in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Stevens said at the time after Stevens was attacked, my trans siblings who met an untimely demise due to anti-trans violence are crying out from the grave and they deserve justice. Stevens was then praised by leftist Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner for advocating for queer victims of violent crime. And this is what Krasner said, quote, Ms. Stevens continues to speak out loudly on behalf of other queer victims of violent crime, all while pursuing graduate studies. Stevens also spoke at a campaign event for the state Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro during his 2022 campaign, where the trans activists endorsed Shapiro in the race against Republican Doug Mastriano. What she said, what, what he said at the time was Josh Shapiro is a man of faith, family, and fairness, and his track record from protecting LGBTQ IA, every letter of the alphabet rights, to defending reproductive rights is one of fighting for the most vulnerable Pennsylvanians. That was said in March of 2022 by the as uh, as the governor proudly took the endorsement of this sicko pedophile. Disgusting. I mean truly disgusting. But, I mean, not not really surprising, is it? I mean, it's not, is it really that surprising to you that somebody like this could be such a freaking whack job lunatic? Just an absolute evil person? Under 13 years of age. Allegedly, allegedly raping two minors who are both under the age of 13 years old. The exact details were not immediately available. All right. Well, I guess we'll continue to follow this, but it just seems to me that, uh, two points here. Number one is that, this is disgusting, and it, it really does deserve national news and national attention, but it also deserves national attention and national news because uh, these are the kind of people who would ever uh, surround themselves as victims. They, they constantly refer to themselves as victims, and they're predators. I mean, Kendall Stevens is a predator, was preying on children, and yet ran for years now with the victim mentality and the victim card, which ultimately led to, in fact, even the White House coming out and saying that they needed to have a, like a trans day of genocide remembrance or whatever the hell it was, where I talked to Wilford Riley about this, you know, and trans people are not being, there's no genocide going on against them. Crimes against them are, are, are no more common than crimes against people who are not trans. But it's like anything else. We, they have to keep pushing a narrative and they advance it every single day. And when the truth comes out, the facts of, of who the people are, then th- those stories get buried very, very quickly. 
Like everybody who reads, if you don't take the, the, the time to actually go to a site like the Daily Wire or the Post Millennial or any of these other sites or listen to me, you would just read the typical Philadelphia mainstream corporate garbage and assume that this was a woman who somehow was able to rape young kids. And you'd go, how does, how does a woman do that? And you'd be, con- you'd be confused and you'd, you'd have every right to be confused because it's incredibly confusing, no question about it. It's incredibly confusing because you say to yourself, At this, I don't understand how that, how that happens. I, don't, I just don't understand the mechanism by how it happens. And you're right to feel that way because it's very, very... And I'm looking at all the pictures that Kendall Jackson uh, posted on social media. Kendall Stevens, excuse me. Now, the local news, of course, referred to her as she, obviously. Charged with the indecent assault of a person under 13, rape, unlawful consent with minor sexual offenses, and endangering the welfare of children... And the court appearance will be on December 29th. And the investigation is not being led by the district attorney's office, but by another agency. Well, that's probably good that it's another agency. But still, you got to ask yourself, how would Larry Krasner handle this anyway? And probably assume that she just acted out because she's a victim and can't deal with the oppression. I'm saying he would say she acted out. He would, of course, use that. Much like how the local media would use the pronouns that they would... Uh, uh, assume that everybody has to because we have to live in a world where we, 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 don't, we don't deal in truth. We have to lie. We have to lie to ourselves. And I, I have a problem with that. Truth for its own sake is a noble, is a noble thing. And I, just, I have a problem when people force us to lie and use words that are not true, use language that isn't true. You know what I mean? I, I have a real issue with that because it's not truth and it's not. And, and so I teach my children all the time to tell the truth. But this is not truth. This is a lie. Now the details here. Philadelphia. If we can get the. Oh, that's all right. Matt, you know what? Don't worry about it. I made my point. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zeal. If you want to weigh in today, everything we are discussing. Actually, don't bother because I have uh, a very quick segment left. And then I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. So stay tuned for that. And don't go anywhere because we got a lot more. We got a lot more runway. We got a lot more showtime. You know what I mean? We're just we're just getting warmed up here, as they say in the biz. We're just getting warmed up. So don't go anywhere. But listen, I want to tell you about my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. I'm so grateful for the outstanding work that Cherry Hill Volvo has done for me, my family, for our station, standing with us. And they have a huge renovation going on right now at the dealership. And that means more opportunities for you to save on top of their already aggressive pricing and promotions. How's this, for example? An extra $1,000 off on a new Volvo plus owner loyalty. An extra $2,000 off when you use Volvo Car Financing or Volvo Lease. Or $7,500 off a plug-in Volvo. These are great, great incentives on top of all the other incentives that they already have for you. Because Judith Krupnik and Yosef Cohen, they work so hard to find the absolute best savings for you every single time. So whether you want to drive an SUV like I drive or maybe the S-Class made of their plan in South Carolina, there is something for you at Cherry Hill Volvo that you're going to love. Maybe you want a certified pre-owned car. These are like new with an incredible warranty, but without the big new new car sticker price. So, I mean, it's a home run. Or perhaps you want to join the Care by Volvo program that I'm in, in which case every five months you're eligible for a new Volvo or you can keep the Volvo you have or you can uh, you can get rid of the lease altogether. Plus, one low monthly payment includes your car insurance, prepaid scheduled maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. It really is a great subscription service tailored to you. 
And I know that you are going to love driving a Volvo because they are safe and they are beautiful cars. Bridget drives the XC90, and when we take it up to go see her family after Christmas break, I know that uh, we'll get up there safe and sound, even though the Adirondack roads can be snowy and icy and everything else, but we'll be in good hands. So reach out to them today. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. They sponsor our studios. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios because Judith and Yosef and the entire team there stand with us. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, before we wrap it up here and turn it over to myself, looking for the great one, Marco Van. You know, speaking of Larry Krasner, this guy is the absolute worst, as you know. He really is. He's a total slime ball, and he's a leftist, Marxist, soft on crime, district attorney, and it's he's, he's the problem in Philadelphia. I mean, he's a cancer. So they passed this bill in the Pennsylvania legislature, which essentially now strips him of certain powers if there's crime on a SEPTA property, because Larry Krasner doesn't prosecute. And guess what? It was signed into law by the Democrat governor, Josh Shapiro. In fact, uh, Krasner was asked about that the other day as he was getting into the car. Fox 29 tried to catch up with him, and they kept asking him, like, what do you, what do you say about the fact that, that, that this bill was, was signed by the governor of your party? I mean, Time the Democrat right. party, like, why, why, you know, what do you say to that? And, of course, he just gets in the car. He doesn't have anything to say. This is an assault on him. This is an assault on the people and everything else. But, I mean, you know, give me a break. I mean, you know exactly what it is. Here, Did take a listen to this. want to talk about the governor. The governor signed off on the bill. Could you answer that? Nope. The governor. Yep. Nope. Nope. And he, in the end, did not answer that. Now, a spokesperson for the attorney general's office, Michelle Henry, she's the one who would appoint the special prosecutor, said that the office is really still trying to figure out exactly what this bill calls for, calls for and how the funding mechanism will actually work. It is highly likely it will be challenged in court. Well, it shouldn't be challenged in court because the legislature passed it. Act 40. I said 140. Act 40. Approved by the Democratic-led State House last week before resigning to law by Democrat Governor Josh Shapiro. It strips Krasner of the right to prosecute crime happening near SEPTA stations and hands it to a special prosecutor appointed by the state attorney general. Why do you think they're doing that? They're doing that because Larry Krasner doesn't prosecute people. They want to strip this guy of his power as best they possibly can. Now, they should have just impeached him. When they impeached him, they should have just removed him in the Senate. So they should have done. But, of course, now all these people who are crying and screaming about things, saying how unfair it is to Larry Krasner. He gave a press conference on this. This is a little bit of what he said. Take a listen. Thank you, Senator. I appreciate that. <clears throat> I woke up this morning, and the cover of the newspaper was that Joe Biden is being impeached by Republicans who say they have no evidence of a crime. They have no evidence of corruption. Does that sound familiar to you? The Philadelphia District Attorney was impeached a while ago. Why? For no crime and for no corruption. And that effort failed. The Commonwealth Court at that time ruled, you can't do that. It is an attack on democracy. It is an assault on people's right to vote. That case is under consideration at this time in the Supreme Court. But what came next? Well, what came next, frankly, is predictable. Go ahead. What came next we stripped is power. the erasure of 155,102 votes in the city of Philadelphia. Those are people who supported the current district attorney of Philadelphia. What was also erased were the 60,000 votes against. Those votes don't... Why, why don't you take it up with your own party? 
I mean, this is this is another great sign, right? You've got John Fetterperson, the United States senator, coming out and saying that his party does not represent him. That the party's nuts and he, he he's not, you know, he wants to make it very, very clear. Uh, he's against the party on the border. He's against the party on their stance against Israel. John Fetterperson wants to make sure that a foreign country doesn't doesn't own U.S. steel. John Fetterperson doesn't want China buying up farmland. He has to take time out of his busy day to remind everybody that he breaks from the Democrat Party on these issues. What does that tell you about the Democrat Party? And the Democrat Party has allowed people like Kendall Brooks into the party and also to the Democrat Party has also Kendall Stevens. I keep saying the wrong name, Kendall Stevens. And the Democrat Party has enabled people like Larry Krasner to be in the party. A guy who believes that his job is to be the public defender for criminals in the city of Philadelphia. And that's what he does. He is a he's a public defender for criminals. And so the Democrat led legislature and the Democrat led governor stripped Larry Krasner of some of his authority. There is a cancer in the Democrat Party right now. It is a cancer of extremism. The Democrat Party is the party of extremism and whack jobs. It is. And it does not identify with mainstream Americans. It does not relate to workers. It doesn't relate to blue collar workers anymore. It doesn't relate to normal thinking people anymore because it has embraced such chaos in the ranks that you can have a biological male beat a young woman in sports and walk around the locker room parading his junk and that that is somehow okay and if you have a problem with that you're the problem that's the kind of lunacy i'm talking about so you can have this transgender activist who rapes underage kids little kids and then somehow the media still writes and describes this person as she It is crazy town. And you and I both know this. And now Democrats are starting to realize how much of a liability all this is. You keep hearing about abortion being an issue for Republicans. I'm telling you all this crazy stuff is way more of an issue for Democrats. It really is. The extremism of allowing crime and an open border and allowing the culture of our country to continue to rot. All these things are major issues for the Democrats. Here's more Krasner. Either let us understand what is happening here in only one county in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the biggest city, the most diverse city, the one that is overwhelmingly Democratic votes. In that one city, a Republican-led measure has just erased 155,102 votes for the current Good. DA, Good. and the idea Good. is to replace that person's authority with the authority of an appointed... Why did you have any issue when, when they impeached Trump twice? How that was that was erasing the votes of, of, of 80 million people. Why didn't, why didn't you have any issues with that? These guys are such hacks. And they spend all their time trying to remove Donald Trump from office, trying to block Donald Trump from being on the ballot in New York and in Georgia at the federal level. And yet when they strip Larry Krasner of some of his authority, not all of it, but some of his authority, they scream bloody murder, right? They scream bloody murder and they all, they all, they all play the, the victim card. Republicans are destroying democracy. Try to remove the duly elected president on two different occasions. Try to undermine him with phony Russian collusion. Try to keep him from being on the ballot using all these court cases. And that's fine. You're allowed to do that. That's okay. That's okay. No problem. I mean, give me a break. You know, it's, it, this, it's, it's, it's the thing that bothers everybody, the duplicity of these people. And I feel, I don't feel sorry for them for a second. Krasner had this coming. 
he allowed the city to turn into a, a cesspool of crime. And the legislature is doing what it has to do to deal with him as best they possibly can. They should go further and remove him from office. They should remove Larry Krasner as a district attorney, but they won't. But at least the Democrat-led legislature and the Democrat governor signed this into law, which will at least strip Larry Krasner of some of his ability to further destroy the city of Philadelphia. All right, I'm going to fill in for the great one, Mark Levin, in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. We have a full show for you tonight. We'll talk about all the latest in the Middle East, including the Houthis and what they are doing to destroy international commerce and make the United States of America look like a bunch of fools and clowns. So we'll get to that as well. But I want to tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing uh, and Siding because they do great work. And I've used Emmons in my home for more than six years on every project you can think of, from roofing, siding, windows, doors, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. I used Emmons for them for that as well. They, they remodeled our kitchen and bathroom, did a fantastic job. Bridget loved it, and that's what counts, right? You can see the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill or go to EmmonsRemodeling.com and see all their projects. And when it comes to your home, you'll get a lifetime warranty on that roof. If you have a shore house, remember, winter is brutal on shore homes. Have that roof inspected for free by Emmons. Let them come out and take a look at it for you. They'll never tell you you need a new roof if you don't. But if you do, you're going to get the outstanding, trustworthy service and dedication of true professionals that I have used now for over six years in my home. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. And they are there for you and your family. EmmonsRoofing.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.